before we start the show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, as always, FusionMuscle.com. Make sure if you're going to buy any supplements, go to FusionMuscle.com, use promo code KOTL25, get 25% off of your supplements as a thank you for listening to the show. And also, we get to wear the beak a little bit and pay some bills on the KOTL side. And a shout out to our friends at The Strength Guys. These are elite coaches, and we are doing some collaborative efforts. Let's put it that way for now. Um, and you're going to notice some posts going up on Kingliff's Instagram where they're going to be giving uh, dropping some knowledge. I mean, these guys have multiple world, world champions, uh, multiple world records, national champions, and the whole nine. Um, they're global, and they got, they got a massive outfit and a resume like a grocery list behind them. So uh, among the best coaching services in the game, and they're going to be supplying some free content via King of the Lifts, Instagram, and more. It's just getting started, and the, the series is going to be called Positions of Power. Nice little play on words there. So no further ado. Let's get the show started. Six pack lapidat, and today we are going to be interviewing Jonathan Keiko, who in the one oh, or sorry, in the 93 kilo, um, he had a total world championships rolled around. The battle of the 93s in the 93 kilo class, probably the heavily, the most heavily hyped in the whole men's division. And um, so everyone's like watching and it was like, it lived up. And then two weeks later, Jonathan Keiko at a local meet puts up a total higher than anything we saw at the world championships. Whoa. Higher than anything we've ever seen period in 93 kilo. Um, if I'm not mistaken, unofficial world record. That's unofficial. So we say unofficial because it has to be done at an international competition. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't hold up to international standards. Otherwise, you're going to have people in Timbuktu going, hey, I got a world record, but who's seen it? Well, I got my fucking man who judged it. Uh, There was no drug testing. Well, sure, we'll say there was, though, and blah, 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 right? So it has to hold up. To international standards, and um, but nonetheless, um, and everyone sees videos of his squats. They were dope. They were deep, and like it, it was legit. But nonetheless, but that's why. If anyone was wondering why, so everyone's super hype on him, and then going into the U.S. Raw Nationals, now everybody's like, he went from being fourth two times in a row to the man to beat, like that. And I remember his coach messaged me after the Worlds. And I was like, what did you think about the Battle of 93s, et cetera? And I remember Joey's like, yeah, I mean, it's like 93s are pretty tight. But um, my man Jonathan Keiko is about to do something special. And if, if he does what we think he's going to do, it's going to be, it's going to get everybody talking. Gonna it could be, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be like. the competition. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, I mean, that's coaches talk like that. So I was yeah. like, all right, well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. And then, um, right, man, the man lived up. So. We're going to have Jonathan Keiko on uh, talking about that in a hot minute. But, um, I mean, first let's do a little bit of an intro. So, so first off, let's do it. So my man Yaz, for anybody listening. What's up, everyone? I got, uh, I'm expanding. I'm bringing other people in. 
I'm covering my bases as a as a white male. I got an yeah, Arabic Arab Muslim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a black man in Kafwi. Six pack is that is diversing now. Paul is I'm assuming gay. So I'm covering all my bases. Nobody's coming at me for shit now. I mean, hey no, man, no, no. hey man. Okay, what do you want? You know, I can, I can get away with almost anything at this point. See, see what I'm doing? This is politics, my man. You're missing some females, but... Well, you know what? Exactly. You're probably right. <laughs> Shit, that is... You're not off. You're not wrong. No, uh, but but in, in due time, everything can happen. <laughs> you're missing... That's true. That is one glaring, glaring... But I do have, like... Any guests. powerlifting ladies out have, there that want to be on the podcast? I have the six pack. That's it. I have guests, but then... You know what? Someone just shot me a message being like, Hey man, it's been a hot minute since you had a guest who was a girl on. It's like fuck, I gotta get like a some more ladies back on here. But um, all right, Intent, ladies. Fair enough, fair enough. But um, we were talking earlier about um, you had told me about a story. Um, it was, and I don't want to mess it up, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm mm-hmm. just bringing this up because this this kind of it, it this the story will, it yeah. will stay yeah. in your mind, and yeah. it does kill you. Pun intended. Um, dude, there was a marine. He's a fucking Marine, which makes it worse yep. in my book. 33 years old, chilling with his, his boy and his girl. Mm-hmm. And they're outside of a bar. And I don't know what the shit, if something happened within the bar, 23-year-old comes out and sucker punches him. Yep. So he doesn't see it coming. No, he doesn't see it. Never he sees it coming. Out, like, sucker punch while the guy is sitting, chilling with his friend and his girlfriend. And here's the problem. Any, like, like... A normal dude could walk up to a primetime Mike Tyson, sucker punch him when he don't see it coming, catch him right on the jaw. He's going out. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter who you hit. are. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not a fair hit. No. And then on top of that, if you're outside on the street, when you go out and timber hit the ground, you're not landing on the canvas or in the octagon or boxing room. You're laying on pavement. It's so you're really not coming yeah. back. You're, you're like, not coming back. If was not strong, your head hitting the concrete <laughs> yeah, or the pavement. That's not true. You're concussed yeah. So then the 23-year-old dude, here's where the worst part is. Here's the part that's going to be a hard conversation for his buddy and his girl to the guy's parents. And this is the part that I, I am still having a hard time like, wrapping, accepting, wrapping my head around. My head around. Listen, so Hope 23-year-old then proceeds to unload on his unconscious body and beats him to fucking death. Now, look at, look at, uh, understandably... It's not like he was saying, I'm going to beat him to death. Or they knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. They just, no, he, he died, just he died beat him. Hospital after. Yeah. He beat him so bad that, unfortunately, the Marine did not live through it when they took him to the hospital. But he, he, be- he put a whooping on him after he went down. Yeah. Is that the story? Yeah. Or am I making that No, up? it's straight up. That's he, how the he story went. He knocked him the fuck mm-hmm. out and then put a whooping on him while he's out. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem. What everyone listening, I hope, is like, what the shit was his buddy and his girl doing? I understand if it's just a girl alone, and she's like, "Look, it. He's gonna. He could turn on me, one punch cock me, yeah. and if I go down too, like, it's just both of us unconscious. At least if I stay awake, I can get him to the ambulance. Yeah, get um, him. I could do something. Yeah. But if yeah. I'm out as well, like he ended up dying regardless. Mm-hmm. But she's not thinking that. Very rarely do people get beaten to death. Yeah. Usually, you just get beat up, and then as long as you're conscious and able-bodied, you can call an ambulance. You could call the cops. You could get things yeah. done." Um, so she might be thinking, look, one of us got to stay conscious. Because if I hop in there and try to pull this guy off, and if the guy is like a madman, which he sounds like he is, turns around, cold clocks me, now I'm out. Mm-hmm. If you need an ambulance, you don't got it. Now. She's in no better position. Yeah, than she's, than her boyfriend. she's laying beside you. And that's probably what his friend was thinking as well. But here's he like, the problem. I don't want to get knocked out either. No, but here's, that's different. This is why it's different. 
the girl's there. She can call names. She can get help. Mm-hmm. What's the boy's? What's his boy's excuse? I just don't want to get knocked the fuck out. That's it. That's he, he's not. I need to stay conscious to be able to make sure you're yeah. all right. No, yeah. that's no, what she's. Scared. She's it. Yeah. You just you watched your boy get beaten to death. Yeah. And you just didn't do that. Given that the Marine was blindsided by the punch, might have not seen it coming, so everyone was taken by surprise. Yeah, that's acceptable. That's fine, you know. But the guy continues to beat on him, and you continue (laughs) not to do it. Look, even if you're thinking, I don't think I could take this guy on a one-on-one. Maybe this dude is huge, big dude, like this, and and his boy was like small, Mm -hmm. and he's like, man, like I don't think I could take this cat. You sucker him. We just said yeah. a, a good, yeah. he's nicely timed. <laughs> he's clearly yeah. putting in work, distracted. Yeah. This is the, a nicely played. We already established a nicely played sucker punch can take almost anybody out. Yep. You got to do something. Yep. You got to do something. This dude just lost his life. Now, when you see the guy's parents, you make, yeah, I was there. But, uh, I mean, it was gruesome. It was tough to watch. Took a back, it was back tough seat. to watch, oh, but, uh, but watch I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. What the shit are yeah. you going to do, man? That's a it's tough, a hard conversation to have with the family of that. Marine. Imagine he's thirty three years old. Imagine he's got kids. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe he does. But if he does, like, like when those kids grow up and you're the best friend of their dad, <laughs> now nah, you're not around no more. You're not like you just hope that guy doesn't come looking for you. Yeah. Or kid. you and the girl, like you know, stick together through trauma. You and the uh, the girlfriend stick together through trauma. At this point, what do you think the girl's even started. thinking? How much onus do you think was on the girl that she's like, shit, man? What am I supposed to do? It's hard to say what would be in that situation, man. Like, what they're thinking, who knows. And, like, the story that we know is, like, one guy sucker punched it, but it could have been more. Right? Like, the article... Did you, It makes you really, really appreciate those ride or dies. Of course, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that the ride or die you know chick will, who's like, will jump I'm, coming, in for you. I'm coming in yeah. and I'm going to lay a boot to this guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is some crazy... Not that this is a scenario that ever happens anyways. Oh, I know. That's yeah. probably why they're super taken back, especially if this guy's just crazy... And just sucker punched. Some people are fucking crazy. Have a couple of beers and he's on some medication and the beers don't react properly. Mm-hmm. And God knows, he could have totally targeted a guy and sucker punched a dude. And you're like, look at I, yeah, I didn't react the way I probably should have. I wasn't asking for it that night. I didn't have the benefit. Mm-hmm. It just happened out of nowhere. However, Frank, man, it's one of those things. You know, everybody's going to look back yeah. and be like, yeah. what the hell could yeah. we have done? What, yeah, what did you do? What could we yeah. have done to stop this from happening? Yeah. Um, but it's safe uh, to say that best man ain't giving a speech at the funeral. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine uh, if, if that's his best yeah. friend? He's like, hey, my man. Maybe he's, he's like, I just want to say a few words. Maybe you just, you know, yeah, shut the fuck up for a little while. You, Maybe you just sit that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, like, you, you did. really don't got much to say. No. Um, yeah, just less is more at this point. Yeah. Um, and there was also, uh, I forget what else we were talking about. Well, the fighting story kind of reminds me... Wait, you were telling me bit. about... Um, excuse me, pardon me. Um, there was actually... So Mississauga is not far away from where we're at. No, it's only and about a 45-minute sh- drive from where we're at. And, and this, this is interesting because... Okay, so you, you were saying there was a music video shot. Mm-hmm. And these dudes are shooting a music video. Young guy. Some one of the dudes is 17. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they had a rat beef or whatever the shit. But it prompted... Because the video they were shooting, other locals in the area didn't appreciate the video and the content, rolled up, started firing shots, five people hit, one of them dead. 
17-year-old kid got killed. 17-year-old kid killed. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up in Mississauga. Never yeah. have I ever expected to hear a story like this come Mississauga. No, That's not how you play it, it when, it, I t- when you go on the weekend with a couple of beers and you, you <laughs> talk pretty big <laughs> like you've got some Mississauga <laughs> stories. Mississauga. So we like to lay low, right? But yeah. to bring it on onto the streets, Wait. that's not really but you Mississauga were, thing. You were raised in Saudi. I was raised in Saudi, moved to Mississauga when I was around like 10 or 11. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. I thought, and then did you go back and then come back at 17? Uh, yes. Yeah. So from 10 till about 17, 16, I yeah. was in Mississauga. Yeah, yeah. And then I went back till, I went back for like a year, year and a half. And then mm. as soon as I finished high school over there, I came back and then I went to, I stayed in Mississauga for another year, my first year back. Mm. And then I went to Scarborough. Yeah. No shit. Okay. Yeah. After living in Saudi, Mississauga was too suburban for me, my friend. I had to go a little bit more ghetto. Was it like, what was Saudi like in terms of the street, like city? Uh, Saudi was very, in terms of the city I was living in, I was living in Riyadh, which is the capital of Saudi. Um, so like how was, many people would live there? Um, more than 3 million, I would say. It's big. So it's big, yeah, it's it's not, big. that's a for real yeah, city. It's a, but it's, it's, big. It's, it's about a, the size of, I would say Toronto. Maybe a little bit bigger than Toronto. Nah, 3 yeah. million is a little small. When you take in like Toronto, GTA, like... I think Toronto, the core city, is four mil. Four million people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the GTA is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, whatever. So I don't want to get lost in um, that. Like this thing, with Saudi, it was very suburban. Like you had bad, you had gangs, you had the poverty. Did you? And you had the rich. Here's the thing with Saudi. You guys, you were telling me about how fucking strict it is. Like, I mean, strict to, like, that's why I couldn't picture gangs. Because you guys, you were saying, um... You couldn't even, like, if you talked to a girl mm-hmm. and they saw you, mm-hmm. they would pull up. The religious police yeah, pull up and say, it's called the what do you guys religious do? police of preventing right and wrong. It's yeah. Something along those lines. Preventing right exactly and wrong. And I mean, fraternizing with a young lady. Yeah. So, yeah. that's why, it's, like, and it could be problems. And so, see, picturing a gang would be like, you were really pushed. You, you better watch yourself. Yeah, that was the thing, Sadie. They like to protect everything from the public's eyes but as in anywhere in the world there was always something underground right? yeah like you can find alcohol you can find yeah, cokers okay. prostitution drugs anything you can find that so no dry snitching so, first off because we got some Saudi list don't, don't drop name hey I, hey I ain't gonna say I'm just saying no dry snitching similar we got downloads. anywhere in I the check. world we, we seriously got downloads in Saudi <laughs> um, you would think of bullshit but we got downloads no, similar to anywhere places. in the world you have the good and you have the bad right Saudi no, is not exempt if, from that if you get busted doing a crime over there, like like for instance, mm-hmm. you can't drink. No, you can't. Drink. You don't drink. Yeah. You don't fraternize with women. You don't like like the, the, the laws are no joke. Yeah. yeah. So the repercussions of being in a gang and doing like criminal activity in Saudi, mm-hmm. that's you gotta be punished like to the full extent of the law. And and they can right? they can and pick you up, interrogate you, and like they don't have and to tell you might not never be seen again. And your again. parents are like, "What happened? Where's, where's my son?" It's that's like it. there, there's a saying that's you know. Popular, not so popular. Maybe I'll get into a little bit of trouble saying this, but if they, if someone picks you up in a black SUV, you're going where the sun does not shine. You're going behind the sun. I think the saying doesn't translate like, well over here. When you say where the sun so, don't shine, it means someone's ass over here. The <laughs> sun doesn't shine in a solitary prison cell as well. My that's right. That's right. But uh, get your mind out of there, gutter. I think I think our slangs don't. <laughs> All right, yeah. moving right along. Yeah. You, yeah. You There's go, a lot of sodomy in, in prison yeah. as well. Maybe you, that's what you mean. You go where, you know, they basically said, like, the transition is you're going behind the sun. 
So no one knows where it is. No one knows no how one's you gonna got come there. You. No one's going to come for you unless it's by some miracle you have, like, you know people, you get connections. Yeah, yeah. You, you turn out that you didn't know what... Like, they investigate and fuck it, let oh, them go. Oh, yeah, they investigate. But if they pick you the up and they're like, um, like, will you get due process? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah. Jesus, sometimes like shit. you'll stay in, uh, and this is like not just in Saudi. I know this is a lot of like second world, third world countries where they'll pick you up, they'll arrest you, put you in a prison cell. You have no idea what you're arrested for. You don't know what you're on trial for. You don't know when your trial date is. You're Holy just shit. in this and, cell. And then no phone and call. No phone. Your call. parents don't know. They might. They'll get word, and yeah. uh, you'll get a phone call every now and then. But for the most part, you're not seeing the light of day until your trial date. And then at that point, you go to trial, and then after that, you go to, like, your trial, you serve out whatever they try, yeah. they convict you of. Yeah. But that's how a lot of the systems is. You're in prison until your trial date. So that's what's the scariest shit. When you tell me, so me having known that before, that's what's super scary to me is, um, like, I would probably, I would be a fucking angel over there. I would be, if I'm hearing that. I'm like, man, I'm not running with a fucking street gang. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's what? What are you guys planning on doing? Like, but you're also a middle-aged white man who, and they'll treat you like royalty. No. You're North, you're North American. They'll treat you like royalty. In Saudi they do? Yeah. Yeah. But, what, but what if they, they might not appreciate, would they, would they, because, because my no, views you start, might clash. Like, they'd be like, oh, do you think, like, will they assume shit of me or? Uh, for the most part, yeah. 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 Like, but, they'll put, like, on stereotype judgment. Which wouldn't even you. be a stereotype. I, I grew up in Western culture, so I probably think certain things, like, you know, but. You think, but they, but they you would, think a certain they, way. You like their things. They're like. But they see, might be like, fuck it, that's the way you are. But like, would they almost accept it? Half? Yeah. Yeah, they'll accept it. Like, yeah. the people over there in Saudi, a lot of the people are very nice, very hospitable, and very humble. Yeah, yeah. I've met some of the greatest people I've met, and a lot of the mentors that I've had were Saudi or are, like, have spent their whole life in Saudi if they're not Saudi mm-hmm. citizens. So a lot of the people are very humble. They'll accepting. They'll learn your way. They'll teach you uh, their way, and um, learn learn your way. And um, but with with these with these street gangs, yeah. how the fuck do they operate? Like, are they for real street gangs that we got over here? Where they'll do for like drive bys and shit like that? Um, I haven't heard of any drive bys, but yet again, I was sixteen and not. Like, what's really crime into? like over there, basically in the big city? Uh, a lot of, I'd say, like kidnapping. There'd be a lot of kidnapping. A lot of people, you hear stories of someone being kidnapped, get their arm chopped off or something. And then they turn them into beggars on the street. You see a lot of kids on the street. They turn you into a beggar to make them money? Yeah. And so, how do these guys get by? Do they have connections and that's why? Oh, yeah. And similar to like it's an organized crime division yeah right? yeah so yeah. you know someone who knows someone that's in power that's you know, why you when you get picked up you keep getting let go exactly yeah you go some films and that's everywhere with organized crime right? ah, that's every that's every city every every city yeah like i was just watching um bad blood on netflix i don't know if you've that's seen phenomenal. it yeah. that's based on true story yeah yeah um that's montreal the, organized the montreal crime organized is, crime exactly uh yeah. one of the guys from the banano five uh, like one of the big five crime families in new york Mm-hmm. The bananas is one of them, and he got extradited out of out of uh, U.S. to Canada because he has some kind of bloodline to Canada somehow, and so he went into Montreal and thought, "I'm going to take over Montreal." And the local crime family in Montreal, because if you're in a port city, and Montreal is a port city, mm-hmm. 
beautiful for bringing in drugs and, yeah. and what have It's you. been like that for years. And Montreal is a big city too, like about 3 million people there. Yeah. So it's a big stronghold, not just for Canada, but for North America because it's a port city. And it's right on the East Coast, right close to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you drive an hour and you're into the U.S. Yeah. So it's a key spot, stronghold. So when the, when the banana head got kicked out of New York and had to go back to Canada, he's like, I'm taking over New York. Or sorry, I'm taking over Montreal. Massive mafia war ensued. And that's what this, if you're on Netflix, that's mm-hmm. what that picks up. And that mafia war, man, dudes were getting sniped, like high-ranking dudes that were on top for like 40 years. And in terms of corruption, in terms of like, um, like, Poli- you know, to poli- even all the politicians, politicians everyone. Councilmen, yeah, all, everyone. everybody was yeah. on the table. Everybody went down and like, a, yeah, it was all dirty. Yeah. Um, that, that was one thing that they, they just the episode I was watching before I got here was it talked about like, you had construction sites all over the city of Montreal. Not one construction site went up, and there weren't a few ponds that were greased. Yeah, oh. from the beginning of the project, whether it was the contractors, the developers, to the city councilmen that approved the project to the person that even signed and mm-hmm. gave the contract out to to that developer everybody got paid and we're like big time dry snitching right now we're not even dry snitching anymore we're just we're dropping know. names <laughs> before dry snitching when yeah. i started dropping <laughs> names people like this guy first off i got listeners first off i don't respect you ghetto by dropping names you're a bitch mm-hmm. okay on the streets mm-hmm. and then second off God bless you. You're going to get a horse head. So we're going to go with sun don't shine after this. That's right. That's right. Again, my man, it means different over here in North America when you say that. Okay? It sounds like you tr- you just said you want to fuck me. Yeah, I'm going to go with sun don't shine later after this. Again, All I right? say get your mind another gun. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, another one on Netflix, beyond Netflix, and who the hell is it these days? God bless Randy. Randy used to be a co-host every now and then if he could ever bring his ass back. He could be a co-host. But um, I got his Netflix. And man, if you got, like, you can have five people on Netflix. Oh, easy. Yeah. Um, so I got Netflix in. Apparently, there's a new show called Top Boy. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, so yeah. Two, two seasons in the UK. It yeah. takes place in the UK. It's like The Wire. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Wire, you got to watch The, the, the Wire. It's a phenomenal show about drugs being dealt um, on the street level in Baltimore. And that show is, like, amazing. HBO show. And then. Two, that was like early, around 2004, 2005-ish, but it, it holds up. Mm-hmm. 2011, in the UK, they had a show called Top Boy, and there's these guys like in the ghettos. And I think the first two seasons, so only four episodes a season. So we're talking eight yeah. episodes. <clears throat> then it got canceled. Drake, bringing it back to the GTA, which is Mississauga's GTA, saw those seasons like, I got to bring the show back. And started pulling strings and be like, I want to produce this show. To, to Netflix mm-hmm. and um, bankrolled it, got it going. So now Top Boy season three is on Netflix and the first two seasons from 20, 2011 are on Netflix as well. That Those two seasons are now called Top so Boy season Somerset. season three is produced by Drake. Yes. Yes. And big moves for the set. Hey, well, yeah. the thing is, the, the show, the yeah, the, but still, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He's and um, apparently, man, the reviews on this show and I don't, I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to drop any spoilers, but the mm-hmm. ending is supposed to be a gut-wrenching tough. Yeah. And if you watch The Wire, it's you, you do give a shit. It's yeah. not just guys doing shootouts and you don't give a shit. There are guys who are like bad guys, but you good guy, bad guys almost. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see where they're at. You see why they're involved in this. And you see like, man, a lot of these people are raised in this situation. You don't have a choice. Yeah. 
You know, like... They didn't um, go into it by choice. It was kind of like, that's the lifestyle that they were born into. Literally, some of these guys are like 11 years old and they're already selling crack. Um, if you ever read, I think Top Boy starts, I gotta watch it, I haven't seen it, but I think it starts super young. I read the 50 Cent autobiography and 50 Cent said, um, look at it, it is what it is. When I was 11 years old, my uncles would send me up the street to pick up a package because they're all partying in the backyard. So mm-hmm. I go up the street at 11 years old and I give the guy a little bit of money. He sends me back with a tennis ball. So I go back to my uncles in the backyard with the tennis ball and my uncles got a party in the backyard. Every week, They'd be sending me up because his uncles were, were addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Every week, they send me up a little money. I'd be coming back with tennis balls. He's 11. And then eventually, he opens up the tennis ball. It's slit. So you just squeeze the tennis ball, and the slit opens up. And he mm-hmm. looks in there, and it's crack. So when he goes up to the drug dealer this time, and he noticed, you're starting to develop a bit of a rapport. It's the same guy every weekend. Yeah. Three months in, how many fucking times has he made that trip? Tons. Mm. Three months in, he knows the guy. He's been in his apartment or his, his house enough times, and he's 11, so the drug dealer lets his guard down a little bit, and he notices all the shoes he's got, all the kicks he's got, how nice his house is, and nobody's got shit. And 50 Cent's literally been raised by his grandparents because his mother was murdered because she was a drug dealer, and his dad walked out on him. And so all he has is like these drug addict uncles, and he's being raised by his grandparents who are super old. There's no real protection or anything, right? And this is all he's got around him. And this drug dealer is living as good as he's seen. And this is the only going to college, university, nobody does that where he's from. That's not something you talk about. about. You don't even own the money, your nice shoes, fancy cars. But the thing is, it's not even like a it's not even on the horizon. Mm -hmm. You don't know anyone who went to college. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like silly. It's like it's like silly talk when you talk like that. You don't even know how you get to that path, and nobody's gonna help steer you to get to that path. Even if you did hear of someone that's like, oh no, I just wanna do it straight, study the books and go to college, they probably made got made fun of in the neighborhood being the nerd of the hood it would, it would, so, so when he was at 11 eventually um, and he, he started knowing what's in the tennis balls and he starts realizing I'm I'm along in this chain of mm-hmm. sell, buying and selling drugs know it or not so he asked the drug dealer guy like oh, you got some nice kicks nice whatever I noticed these things is there, a, can, is there a way I can make a, maybe a little bit of side money and the guy the drug dealer is like well you were already working for me you were already supplying for me you might as well take this package on the other side of the street for me while you're bringing this down to your uncles. And I'll give you a little extra. So he did that. And then he's like, all right, well, you know what? You don't have to do it just on weekends. Why don't we have you doing this during the week? And then eventually 50 Cent's like, why am I going to school when I could stay home from school and just fucking start pushing, do more work for this guy? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he's in, this, in, the, uh, in the park selling and a crackhead rolls up on him, realizing 50 cents, like oh, like 12 at this time, maybe. Fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scare this kid. And he's, he acted like he was going to rob 50 cents. And 50 cents said, um, and this is a grown man in a park in New York. You're a dead man. If he, if he thinks, I mean, if he thinks he could kill you, get away with it, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent pretended he had a gun on him. It's like, back up, back up off me. And he like flexed like he had a gun, like he's going for a gun. And the, the old man, I say old man, the grown up, this isn't a joke like if an 11 year old does it around where we're from that's a joke get the hell out of here yeah. but in, in New York yeah there are tons of 12 year olds running around with guns and they're gangbangers and they'll kill you mm-hmm. so 50 Cent when he really so the guy took off the adult took off 50 Cent goes back to the drug dealer this time and says um, the story that happened and the drug dealer said to him you're gonna get yourself killed you don't ever act like you got a gun if you don't got a gun and then 50 Cent's like what, do, what should I do and the guy's like 
you got to get a gun. Get yourself a gun. So he's like, here you go. Here's a gun. The numbers are scratched off. If he gets picked up, blah, blah, blah. And the whole night. Now, 50 Cent is 12 years old with a gun selling crack in the park. And that's how it happens. When you ask yourself, how does it happen? How does a 12-year-old end up with a gun selling crack? That's how it happens. Not overnight. It just happens step by step. Little things. Little things. And then it gets... And then eventually, by the time he's... 14, he's shooting at guys in the park. And he's purposely like, I don't want to fucking hit nobody, mm-hmm. but I also got to stand my ground or else they're going to come back. So when I see guys coming towards me and they're like trying to push me off my block, I'm going to fire in their direction. They're going to scatter and I'll be like, holy fuck, I'm firing at them. They might fire at me next time. And he's like, you know, he's like, I wasn't a killer, but I, I know I've shot guys before. I've heard afterwards, you know, you hit one of them. And they're like, well, fuck, what was I going to do? But he's like, I, I don't think I killed anybody. Yeah. And that's what, that's like some crazy stuff to say. And he was a kid. Yeah. But he's like, you know, same with like, you know, the song Jay-Z shot his brother at 12. That's a whole nother story. Oh. But, but anyways, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, so these stories like The Wire and like Top Boy. I love watching them because like mm-hmm. it shows how you would, if you're just on the surface turning on, like, why would I give a shit about a guy? Now he's 25 and he's, you know, he's a drug dealer. Why do I care? He's scum. If he gets killed or whatever. Well, if it starts out, like 50 Cent ended up wrapping his ass out of the hood and becoming a millionaire and he's okay. But he also got shot, he got shot nine times before he not left. Not everyone is fortunate like 50 Cent. This is it. And, not, and, and the way 50 Cent describes it, of course, is biased. He's describing it. But not everybody's, you're not a bad guy because you got a gun and you're selling crack. It's just the way your situation is. Nobody else is telling you otherwise. As a matter of fact, your family... You're, you don't have parents, so your uncles are the ones looking after you, are the ones who sent you up the street for crack. Mm-hmm. That's, so you're you really, and you're a kid, you're a kid. Showed you the path, kind of. That's it. Yeah. That's who you're going to. Yeah. That's, the, that's your surroundings. So he's like, fuck, man. So yeah, when you watch these shows, you can get emotionally attached. Man, fuck, man, I hope that guy, I hope everything ends up okay with him. And when he dies, and it's like, well, what do you, it's like, like who knows those guys, but they read a story. So-and-so got killed. Well, he had a gun. He's selling crack. You live the life. It is what it is. Like, ah. Sometimes, man. Sometimes you just have the opportunity of being born in a good place. And he had the shitty luck of being born in a bad one. You know what I mean? And the situations are bad. But, um, yeah, man. So, I'm super interested in watching uh, Top Boy. And The Wire's already out. But it's HBO, old school. You got to find. It's probably on Putlock. Yeah, you can use it for Allegedly. That. God bless Putlocker, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, God bless Allegedly, it. look for a... a you could allegedly point. find anything on Putlocker, allegedly. I watch... It might work for you, it might not. I watch... <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, I watched Once Upon a Time on Putlocker. Phenomenal. Dan Aykroyd was on the Joe Rogan Show. Dan Aykroyd is also on the Oscar nomination list. Like, he's Academy... Part of the Academy. Yeah. And he's voting member. And he's like, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. But... Um, I'm voting for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and and it's a phenomenal film. And um, yeah, man, I watched it twice same weekend. Once Upon a Time, amazing. However, some people are saying the Joker might bump it. It might be. If not the movie, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix might get and an it, Oscar individually. It two just came out. It's chapter two just came out as well. If you've seen the first, it I, I saw like like the first of the new series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck, did you see it? I watched the first one, and I'm going to go see the second one later on tonight. Tonight? Tonight, yeah. Who are you going yeah, with? I'm just going with a few friends. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the invite, bro. Oh, no worries. Yeah, friends, huh? Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I got to see that still. Um, I kind of want to wait till it's closer to Halloween. 
Where you know what you know what I love about like I'm on, sure there will be other scary movies that they're gonna bring out closer to Halloween. some of them are yeah trash though man like this is what I like to admire about the it franchise it knows it has a good thing going and it could they could have waited till Halloween like it's only a month out yeah, yeah they could have waited till Halloween to drop it but they know they have a good franchise that they're gonna get good hits they're probably also thinking drop it. And plenty, it'll still be around by the time Halloween rolls around. It'll mm-hmm. still be in theaters. They'll and we can rebrand kick. that. Yeah, yeah, they'll get yeah. another kick. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. they think. They want two kicks at the can. After Halloween's done, here's, here's an, uh, the worst kept secret in Hollywood. After Halloween's done, people immediately move past it and don't want to watch that shit. They're no. already on the Christmas movies yeah. and all the rest of it. It's they already gone. Before Halloween, like two weeks before October, no one wants to see horror movies or well, see your Halloween decorations go up. Not, wait up a bit on that. No, but what what I'm saying is, after Halloween's done, I ain't trying to hear your Halloween special. No, it's no, over. Yeah. After Christmas is done, I'm not trying to watch your your Christmas special. That that boat sailed. Yeah. So if you didn't get that shit out in time, or let's say you got it out in time, three weeks ahead of time, on the fourth week, well now you're past Christmas. Whatever you could have milked out of that cow is already gone. Yeah. Like you should have dropped it sooner if you thought you could have a four week run. That's probably what they're doing with it. They're like, look it. Because once Halloween's over and people are past that, it's gone. Okay. They're moving on to the whatever the shit, the Christmas specials, or uh, whatever. I just realized you're a Muslim guy, so whatever's holiday specials. See, man, this is why I covered my bases. This is why I got you here. Yeah. People can't say yeah. that. Hey, well, you can't say Christmas. I was talking to a Muslim, man. Okay, so I got off. Well, we are in a North American country where they do celebrate Christmas, so... I have to adapt. You don't have to. True. Wow. That, that's yeah. nice of you to say. But, yeah. but they're social justice warriors. But if you tell me Merry Christmas on Christmas <laughs> you, you Day. You will walk out of here. You will slam yeah. the door and be like, that's the last time you're ever going to see me. You that's son it. of a bitch. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Um, but anyways. You know what? But Christmas isn't even necessarily Christmas anymore. No. Yeah, like, it's not Jesus anymore. It's no, it's Santa not Christ. about that. It became it's, a holiday. Because I know people, who, don't, I know people yeah. who, who aren't religious at all. And celebrate Christmas. Yeah, like they don't know, believe. Like some, they don't believe in God at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, like some Muslim people that will celebrate that will celebrate Christmas. As they might, yeah, they, yeah, 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 they'll celebrate Santa Claus bringing gifts, yeah, yeah, yeah. gifts, that whole holiday yeah. spirit. Everyone goes into it, um, and then for the people that still celebrate it, as it's you know the that's the good too. You can Christ, celebrate however you too. want. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, that's that's the good thing about Christmas now is yes, yeah, for everybody. Yeah, it's no longer. Um, like just you, religion. It can you be don't have to go to church every morning just to celebrate Christmas. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I think this day and age, more and more people um, are just kind of like either are atheist or not held down necessarily to one and just kind of like, I think there is a God or something, yeah. but I'm flexible. I don't believe in this side and the other. A lot of people just believe in a higher power. Yeah. They might just not, you know get in line behind one particular religion, like you said, but mm-hmm. they believe that there is a higher power, something that, you know, created the whole universe that we're living in, something that made sense to the majority of the things that we know. Yeah. And when you start comparing a lot of the big religions, especially like Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, you start to realize there's a lot of similarities in between. Dude, there's a ton of similarities in between. Yeah. So for people that grew up in a culture like this, North American, or any culture, any country that's diverse... And you get to interact with people that 
have different religions, different beliefs, and you start to see the similarities, you'd also start sharing the happy moments with them, right? Mm. Like I would celebrate and, you know, come to a holiday Christmas party, and then you in return would come to an Eid party you know, for us, you or, or Hanukkah party, or yeah, whatever the or case Or whatever shit, yeah. yeah. Um, one of my best, one of my greatest moments, um, I was, back when I was living with this couple, so they were dating, so both of their families were having Christmas dinner, my family's having Christmas dinner, and um, a girl I was dating was having a luncheon, and one of the other ones was a breakfast, and I said, let me try to fucking see if I could pull this off, Do and I hit up all four in the same day. All four, nice. My brother. Four of them. I thought you were just gonna shoot for the best three out of four. Hey, if you're gonna go in, go all in. And um, so the breakfast and the lunch, bang those out, bang those out easy, because you had two hours in between. Stuff your face during those. But the last two was like, how am I gonna fit this? One of them was at five, the other one was at seven. Ooh, it was tight. You had just enough time to go in. Dog, get a piece of turkey and then. Here's what I did: show up early for five. Okay. Show up early. Show up at okay. four. So people see you there. You're not being rude. Yeah. That's not rude. No. You're showing up an you're hour early. Me. Hey, hey, you know what? Can I help you? Can you let me help you set the table? Wow, that's really nice of you, Ryan. So you're actually helping out. You showed up and made an impression, too. You, you made didn't an just impression. show up and get a beer and sit on the couch. Smash some food. Yeah. Be- beg a do. Before everyone shows drive up. Your across the across the street. Yeah, exactly. Drive your ass across the across the the town. Show up for the seven o'clock ones. Excuse me, pardon me, sorry, I'm late. But let me help you clean up afterwards. Oh, oh right. Make you a question on both ends. Dude, go. four Christmas dinners or whatever the shit. One of my finest achievements. But um, but anyway, let's give Jonathan Keiko. Uh, call him up, get a ring. He's got a bit of a, he's got a really good background story. I remember reading about him in one of his posts, weightlifter, who somebody said, how come every time you squat, you tilt to the one side? Mm-hmm. And he has a mean tilt. But for a guy at this level, you know, it's, it's it, technically speaking, he's on point. It's got to be on point. It's not mm-hmm. a technical problem. So why was he tilting like that? And he's like, man, I friggin', when I was born, premature, it was a procedure and they took off like a huge chunk of my body trying oh, to save my life. Wow. So um, for the rest of my life, I don't have... He, he's missing chunks of his body. I didn't know this. You can't tell. The guy's jacked. He's yeah. like 210 pounds, five foot, whatever. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. So yeah, I post, yeah. Yeah, he, I yeah. post them often. So you definitely have seen it. And um, so I want to get a hold of that story as soon as I've seen that. And like how it... This is this goes to show you could... you could If you want it, there's no excuses. Yeah. Some people would be like, well, I got a bad back, so I can't do this, can't do... I mean like... There's a dude walking around here. I don't. I don't know exactly to the extent, but I want to ask him when we have him mm-hmm. on. And he's breaking. He's got missing body parts, and he bro- unofficially broke the world record. Dude, with this. And it, it impacts him. Yeah. Like stability-wise, I believe like the muscle, uh, in terms of like parts, yeah, two arms, two legs. Gotcha. But in terms of muscle, which is man, this is weightlifting. Muscle's kind of mm-hmm. big. He's missing huge chunks of muscle in the torso, yeah. in the abdomen, and that's your stability to stay upright when it comes to squatting or even pulling the deadlift. You know, so you don't round out or whatever. Yeah. It makes it work. Your body will get even a little bit impacted or your lift will get impacted if you have just one leg tighter than the yeah, other. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Imagine well, just having like a imagine, piece of your body missing. Yeah, like yeah. That, that side of the muscle is gone. Yeah. So it's like you just can't get tighter. You can't strengthen it. It's not mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, I want to ask him about that. You know, tell me about this. And obviously the procedure. Like how bad was it? This sounds crazy. Like he, it sounds like he almost didn't make it mm-hmm. from day one. It sounds like day one was a tough day. Born premature and they had to do surgery on For it. For my mains, yeah. day one was a tough day. 
Um, so we'll have him on. And um, I know he's part of the, uh, the Flex Squad, super into video games like all those cats are. And uh, so I want to ask him about that. Ask him about joining the Flex, the Flex Squad and what's coming up at the U.S. Nationals. Because um, if he makes the team, he's going to the World Championships. Um, and that's in Belarus. So we'll ask him about you know, what his plans are for the future. He's got the spotlight on him for that. He's got the spotlight. All pro- hey, Good he goes from fourth. Yeah, that's right. He goes from fourth to number one with a bullet in the world. Fourth in the U.S. to number one with a bullet in the world. A little bit of pressure. And it's different. If previously he was used to walking in there and the pressure's on everybody else. Pressure's on the returning champ. First, pressure's on. second. That's it. If, yeah. if he's like, hey, if I hit the podium, people are, people are like, I did good. Under, under promise, over deliver. It helps with pressure. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's coming in number one with a bullet. And not just the nation, in the world. This, this is different now. Now, I want to know, like, do you, do you feel that differently? Or, you know, it's got to be a little different. Yeah. Maybe we're a little too far out. Maybe as you get closer to the competition, you know, more podcasts start dropping, picking you. And it's like, oh, fuck, before people would pick other people and I just, I would have the opportunity to surprise them. Mm-hmm. It's easier when people aren't looking your way and you surprise them. Yeah. And over-deliver. And people are like, oh, fuck, good for you, yes. It's different, right? Yeah. But it's different if everyone's like, yeah, we're all... Exactly. They don't yeah. see you coming. Yeah. But it's different if like, hey, yeah, we're all looking at you and we hope you come through here. And we're all like, expectations Wait, are high right. on you. Right. Well, now you're going to oh, shit. That's a lot of pressure on That's, top of yeah. having to like work and get your body strong and get your numbers yeah. in for your lift. You also got to deal with people's expectations and the pressure that comes from you. It's, well. a, it's different yeah. for the first time. And eventually, I think with every single one of these athletes that are rising to the top, in any sport, yeah, uh, we're talking about Bianca, who just beat Serena Williams. Yeah. By the way, nice, you got the name down. Now, um, mm-hmm. we were talking about her last time. They had a fucking a parade for her today in in, yeah. in, in Mississauga. In they Mississauga. had um, the 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 prime minister of Canada came down, and gave a speech. Like, they, like everybody showed up. John Tory, the uh, city of Toronto mayor, gave a speech. All these people showed up to give speeches about her. Talk about over the night. Now leading into this. U.S. Open, no expectations. It yeah. is what it is. As a matter of fact, people are expecting Serena Williams to and win not a lot because of she always does. knew that there was a Canadian. I, you know, dog, I, I didn't know there was a Canadian. Dog, Canadian I never knew about. US I never. There's a powerlifting yeah. podcast. We were talking about her, yeah. and now with this win, the freaking everybody and their mother is talking about her. She's worldwide news right now. What's yeah. going to happen? Her next championships. Tell me, it's not going to feel a little different. Tell me, when walking into the U.S. Open, when every time you won and got closer to the final. Was just a victory, and people, like, oh wow, hey, good for you, Bianca. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the final, well, it's against Serena. So even if you gave a good match and lost, amazing for you, that's Bianca. Still, but now that pretty. you now that you won, the next time you come out, if you don't win, people are like, what happened? Yeah. Or you were if, just a one-time wonder. Yeah, that all of a sudden. Yeah. Now if you if you lose, not even in the final. Let's say you lose quarterfinals, semifinals. People are like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Previously, she wouldn't have to. The people wouldn't ask what happened. They'd be like, good for you for making it that far. Yeah. The pressure's not there. Yeah. Things change when you get to the top. That's for sure. And Bianca's still young, though. So even if she might not win next year, you know, she's still young. She's still like, it, she, she's 18, got time. 19. So she, she still this, had a good future ahead of her. They say, though, in all sports, it's harder to, to retain being at the top than it is getting to the top. Actually, that was GSP who said that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's harder to, to stay at the top. Because now everyone's expecting. And now everyone's analyzing your game. Before, who the fuck was studying Bianca's yeah. tape? Now all the other tennis pros and her coaches are studying her tape. And coming at you as well. And coming at you. Coming Same with GSP, whatever. No one's yeah. studying his style. 
Now everybody's look at Khabib. Your yeah, boy Khabib. That's exactly what's happening. With Every, Khabib, like all the contenders are like, how do we beat him? Yeah, we got to be Khabib. Everyone's Solve watching this puzzle. Khabib's, Khabib's tapes. Before that, everyone was watching Conor McGregor. How do we beat this guy? Yeah. When you're on top, it's hard to stay on top. Um, when you're operating in the darkness of being a contender on your way up, not the pressure's not there, eh? Mm-hmm. And then B, nobody's looking at you to dissect your powerlifting at the very least. It's everyone has their chance to hit the platform. You don't have to, um, like, you. I can't shut down your game. You have platform time, and I can't do anything about it. Then you step off, then I go on. Mm-hmm. Then I step off, next guy goes on. Um, so it's a little different in terms of shutting people down. But nonetheless, the pressure and everything still affects. Mm-hmm. You're human, you know, especially at this level. Like, look, at, I, talk, I was saying earlier, I'm not bullshit when I said it, though. We have downloads in Saudi Arabia. It's crazy. The downloads we get from King of like Malaysia, like places like, I'm like, is listening to us over there like powerlifting is a global sport oh, yeah. when we have you on this podcast and we start saying stuff like this like i know it puts pressure on the guy and i'm not doing it for that i'm doing it for exposure but it's just it's the it's if you want one you get the other yes, if you want exposure pressure's gonna come with it yeah. there are people all over the world now you're on the radar yeah. and you uh, can't break numbers and break records like jonathan did and not get one or the other it, as well that right? my it, man it's the same spoon that you're serving this right? that well said yeah. if you want one the other comes yeah. otherwise you should never should have left your basement yeah <laughs> stay lifted yeah. in your basement continue but playing games Jonathan. 100 though yeah. when you're an old man you look back you think like, i played it too safe so go hop out there and do yeah. it when nobody's 80 years old being like i wish i didn't take so many chances in the reach and, and got my Everyone hand slapped. Left, I wish I did take that chance. I played it too safe. Yeah. Well, almost every single person at the end of this says, I played it too safe. Yeah. And almost everyone who plays it too safe ends up regretting it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So my man Jonathan's going for it. And my man Jonathan's going from zero to number one with a bullet. And he's walking into the toughest national championships in the world is the U.S. national championships. Mm-hmm. And to secure a spot at the world championships, he's got to go through a murderer's row. And, um, and, the and he's whole also, game's changed. correct me if I'm wrong, but he's one of the most competitive weight classes as, as 93 well. 93 still. Right? 93 is, uh, it's just, it, it depends who shows up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, so we'll, let's have more, let's get his background story first off. Start right from day one, because his day one was not like anyone else's day one on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and take it from there, because I think he's got, a hell, he's got a very much different background story. Uh, it's not 50 Cent, like I was talking about earlier. Okay, he wasn't selling. All right, it's not like my man Garrett Fear, who um, was like one of seventeen kids and a heroin addict or fifteen, whatever. But he's got his own story. He's got his own path that not many people have taken. Um, So we're gonna get him all, but no further ado. Let's get my man Jonathan Keiko on the line. How you doing? This is my man Yaz. How you feeling? Not bad. What we got in the background, sir? Are those all what? The, what are all those awards and plaques here? They look like we're yeah. in, the, in the USAPL Hall of Fame here, <laughs> live, live from the right. USAPL Hall of Fame. Jonathan Keiko. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, man. <laughs> what, what are all these plaques in the background? Is that uh, all? Those, just, those are uh, state records for Cal- from California. Okay, well, think, things have been going good, huh? Yeah, it's good. You know, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I have all my medals in front of me right here in front of my computer. No. I just, you know, I put them up for fun. Yeah, well, so, shit, man. Don't forget yeah. don't forget where you came from. Yeah, um, it's nice to see them. You know, I'll wake up and I see it and it's like, damn. You know what I mean? It reminds you. It's like, because like, I have my first meet right here, like in front of me. Like, I'd have to turn my camera around, but it's like yeah. a line of medals. Yeah. And it's like. That's my first meet. You know what I mean? Here's my most recent one. You know what I mean? So, it's crazy to see. What When was your first meet, by the way? 
So I did an APF meet in 2000, September 2015. I want to say that's the date. It was like September 7th. I remember. I, I think I remember all my meets to the date because I would always like, you know what I mean. So I think my first meet was September 7th. And then I did, a, and then I did another one December 6th, like right after APF. You, that's with wraps and a deadlift bar. You know what I mean? Oh shit! So are you yeah. are you one of those guys who has like a, a crazy memory when it comes to dates, or just for this particular? Just for meets. Okay. Everything else, I can't. I won't remember. What about <laughs> it, this? Will help you out in a relationship with your girlfriend, if that yes. works. <laughs> if yes. you can remember that shit. And no, I'm trying. I'm trying to like not just meets. I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> expand out and tell the things. You can't remember your sister's birthday. You forget your anniversary, but you remember your first competition. I remember. I remember my first attempt at that third competition. <laughs> first, second, third. You could tell the attempts. You could tell your body weight. You weighed in at. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. So yeah. um, I, I want to take it back because I, I like uh, telling everybody stories a little bit when they come on here. And a couple things I found interesting about yourself. Reading in the in the captions, because um, when you were squatting, I think you're tilting. This is going way back. This is like this is like that bi- autobiography you read, and someone's like, yeah. "When my mom gave birth," and we're gonna start right yeah. from the fucking very second. This this is the this is the yeah. type of storytelling we're going in on. But you would actually, when you were born, well, I'll let you tell it. Something happened, and it actually damaged a side of you. Your one of your yeah. sides, right? Um. So. I had infections when I, I had like an intestine infection when I was, uh, you know, when I was in my mom. So they had to do a C-section on her. And I was like, it was, it was a long time. It was like three months early. Holy I was supposed to be born late. Yeah, shit. I was supposed to be born like late October. Yeah. But I was born, uh, my uh, birthday's July 5th. Dude, I'm July 6th. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like I was supposed to, like late October, they said around Halloween. That's the, the, the so... I mean, that's very, very that's risky. That's really early, right? Very yeah. risky. Like, I think if you're yeah. three months early, uh, like, that's like, fucking 50 50. People being born seven months, eight months early. But three you months mean on the seventh month? On the seventh month. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but being on born the sixth, on the sixth, on the sixth month, that's yeah. Early, yeah. Is that six? July to October? I don't, yeah, that's like, that's getting there, right? Look at us, man. That, yeah. That's when you know we're meatheads. Yeah, right? yeah, it would be. It's early as shit, though, nonetheless. Yeah, I know it's early, for sure. So, so, so they pulled me out because they had to do, they knew I had an infection. So they then they cut into me. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then they pulled out a bunch of intestines. It's funny, um, like, <clears throat> last year, my mom pulled out the, um, like, all the records, all the papers mm-hmm. from it. And, like, it was crazy what they did. <clears throat> they There was a little, like, a diagram of what they cut out. And it was, like, literally, here, say here's, like, my stomach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they cut out this entire section. Like, one entire segment. It's oh, all gone. wow, man. It just, what? Yeah. So, it's because the inside of you were infected. So, when It they... was infected. They just threw it away, apparently. They're Holy just like, shit. They just cut it out and put it back together. Because... <clears throat> Apparently, it's like the IC valve and some all, all the entire section down there. It's I don't know how it works really. <laughs> wow, though, man! Yeah. And you were at the time. Do you know how much you weighed? I think I was on. I think I was under two pounds. I, I believe it was around there. Like, a, dude, you were like a kilo. I it, yeah, I was like a little plate. You know, you were not even. A, you weren't even a two and a half kilo plate. You were a world record chip. Ironically yeah. enough, dude, that is crazy though. Um, especially because oh, yeah. when a baby is that small, like all babies are small, but when you're like yeah. maybe two pounds, yeah. um, and you're sick 
And then they got to do like surgery on you. Yeah, I mean, I think I it was like two and a half, like around there. You know, I don't know the exact number, but it was. I know it was under three pounds for sure. And when they got to do, when you're sick and they do surgery on you, and your body's only like three pound range tops yeah. on a heavy day, you're three pounds. Like I got imagine doing that. Yeah, the, like, it, as a doc, like a, a surgeon. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just yeah, like this. A those instruments they use were probably adorable. Um, yeah. They're so small and cute. But then, um, but honestly, how dangerous would that be when you're the doctor? Like any yeah. kind of like, you know how precise you have to be when all the organs and how small and fragile the baby yeah. is and it's already weakened. Like what was the, when they were, do you know what was the chances of you surviving were? Uh, when I asked my mom, I don't know like if she exaggerates it. They pretty much told her to like, they shouldn't even bother. Oh, yeah. snap, dude. You were married. Were, this is crazy. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm told. I told, I, I, I joke with my mom. I'm like, cause it costs a lot, obviously. Right. Because I was in, uh, after they were done with it, apparently I was in the hospital. I was in an incubator for like five months or something. Like they just, because I had to stay there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I bet. I bet. You yeah. got to be a certain weight and strength yeah. for them to let you go. Before they even let me out. Yeah. And like with the cost of that and everything, I, I, I always joke with my mom. I'm like, oh, you should have just, just tried again. <laughs> or, or, or your mom now is like, did you have to choose yeah. powerlifting? Couldn't you choose like football or something that made money? Because you, right? this is an investment. I'm pretty knee deep in this investment. You got to come yeah. back. Um, are you? Were, were you the firstborn of your mother? No, I'm the youngest actually. Oh, wow. uh, my sister's the oldest, and my brother, and then me. Oh, so no yeah, uh, my sister's like eight years older than me. I think, at, and I get it mixed up. I believe it's eight years. My brother's like four years older. Okay. Yeah. And are they like? I'm assuming straight up normal. Births and the whole nine. This is just that freak occurrence. <laughs> uh, my sister, she has a you know, she leads a good life. She does, uh, I believe, she does like accounting and stuff. And my brother, he actually is an artist. He does um, artwork. You know, like uh, he started like as a freelance, and <clears throat> you know, he is, he does like live drawings and stuff. He does like the conventions and stuff, like Comic Con. Oh and, wow! Uh, so and he's Max good. And stuff. He's legit. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he's legit. So. Uh, and that's one of those jobs where, like, it's tough to, like, if you can make a living, you probably make good money. Oh, but yeah. before yeah. that, it's tough. If you can do well in that and stuff like that, they they do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm Those Comic-Cons and those things are freaking huge. I don't know if you're into that stuff. But, oh, yeah. like, if you are ever into on, like, a movie or a TV show that becomes, like, a cult classic and all of a sudden you're going to Comic-Cons, you hear stories of some of these guys. I mean, they are, like, on a TV show for, like, three seasons. And because... The Comic Cons invite them out. They could for there and ever after be signing autographs, taking pictures, and they leave with like b- garbage bags full of money and will be on that circuit like Comic Con. Like, for instance, um, the Big Bang Theory. What's the one guy who's like the arch nemesis who's on Star Trek? You know, the kid who was on Star Trek, I think it's Next Generation, and he becomes the arch nemesis of one of the characters on the Big Bang Theory. And um, I fuck, I forget his guy. I think I know you're talking. Do you know, know what I'm talking about? I'm bad though? with actors' names, yeah. But that guy, for instance, anyways, yeah. like 30 years later, 20 years later, is now on TV shows, and he could probably be going to Comic Cons for the rest of his life. And he was on um, that Star Trek show for like five seasons when he yeah. was like 15 till he's like 20, and for here on out ever, he'll be making money off those Comic Cons. That's like, crazy. To th- you know, I never thought about that. That is that is crazy, huh? Like you just you do one show, it does good. You do great, it does great. 
You set. Well, it's, all, it's all said and done, but you're still you're set. You you, yeah. like, you could you could yeah. ride off on that. Same with the yeah. dude who um, there's a movie like there's even like cult movies where you belt off one cult movie like Army yeah. of Darkness, and I think it was turned into like now there's even a Netflix TV series for Army of Darkness. But that dude, he did one movie in the '80s, Army of Darkness, and fucking he's on every single Comic Con. He does like he wrote a book about it. He wrote like that's yeah. it. He skates off with that, and you don't have to pay royalties. It's not like um, they, whoever created it and owns the publishing brings you out. You just from there on do your own public appearances and people want to see you because you're in one cult movie. It's like when you yeah. do a movie, if you do a Christmas movie, you're like, please let this be a hit and every Christmas they play their shit. Until and every, they yeah, and every Christmas, you know. <laughs> right? You're yeah. forever going to be milking that money. That's why if I'm like Vince Vaughn, I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do a fucking Scrooge or whatever movie. Let, yeah. let's, let's, let's Like The Rock, you know, just everything. The, the rocks and everything. The rock. Yeah, yeah. you know. You, the, the rock. Every holiday is the rock. You know. The rock never said no to a gig. He, he's. I mean, he's got some good movies. He's got some movies that are questionable, like The Tooth Fairy. But it, it, the guy. He, he's got. He's got <laughs> something a, he had to dip into, though. Uh, well, there's markets. Man. He's, he's a smart man. You got to dip into these markets, man. You never know. You don't he's know. Just testing the waters, you know. That's it. And yeah, he's he writes and produces most of the movies that he makes. Does he? I know that's um, who's the guy we were talking about the other day. Uh, uh, with the Fast and the Furious, Jason Statham. Not Jason Statham. And, uh, oh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. He for Vin Fast Diesel. and Furious writes, produ- or he produces anyway. So the guy makes like over a hundred mil flat because he produces it. He mm-hmm. said, "I don't now. I'm not just starring in. If you want me back, I have to get producer rights. And as producer rights, I need a percentage. And as a percentage, we're talking. I make no less than a hundred mil every time a movie comes out." Damn. Yeah. That's probably what your mom was hoping when you were in the incubator. This yeah, baby, this baby. Uh, you know, now I'm just <laughs> this, this baby better go into acting real quick. Um, when you were growing up, were you always in the sports? Were you? What were you into? Uh, yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah, I always did a sport. Like no matter. Like even when I was like five, I was playing soccer. I played soccer for like close to ten years. Oh shit! And I played. Yeah. Uh, like elementary, middle school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. But I mean, like, element. I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's still an activity, even if you're young. It's and I did like in high school and middle middle school to high school. I did call. Oh, excuse me. I did football. I did. I played football. I wrestled. And I did track and field. Dude, it seems like um, every time we have like an American lifter on here, they all did football and wrestled. <laughs> it's just the. I think it's the culture, honestly. Is it? I think so. What state are you from again? California, you said. California. Were you California. always from California? Were you, you were always in California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, always is, in California. Is football big in California? It's not as big as as it is in Texas, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty big. You know, I, I would say in most... I feel like in most states, it's pretty big. It. I, like, I went to, like, way back in the day, I was on a reality TV show, and we did, like, touring around uh, Canada and U.S., and we were in um, Alabama for one of the episodes. And, like, I knew, I knew football was big. College football in Alabama, they said they will have like 100,000 people with like 50,000 people outside the stadium, like just just to be there. Like it's like a religion to them where if your family roots for one team, my family roots for the other, it's generational. It's generational. My kid isn't allowed to root for the other team now. It stays in the family. Like it, it would, you would be cast out of the family if all of a sudden you started cheering for the other team. And Alabama yeah. has two teams in there in uh, in college, 
And um, yeah, man, it's like, it's crazy how big the football is down there. Sunday or whatever the college football day is, everybody watches. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, when I went to, um, I went to Nashville because that's where my uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, that's where my girlfriend's family is. You know, I go and visit them. And they're huge in the football there. And apparently their rivals is Alabama. Oh, shit. Right? So I went to, we were at the mall, and there was like Alabama, their football team. It was their like sweatpants. There was like it was like on sale for like three dollars, right? Oh no! And I was like I was like, oh, can I buy one? And she was like, no. Oh She was like, you won't be able to walk out of the, the mall. I was like, okay. Dude, <laughs> if you imagine that, or you wear those to her family meeting for the first time, trying to be funny, <laughs> trying to be thinking it's cute, and her brother's yeah. like, what no, is no, this no, guy? No. Get punched, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That is bad stuff. It's a yeah. Football's huge, and um, I think like I think sports in general are really big in the U.S. In terms yeah. Like your uh, a buddy of mine who wrestled said, um, like the Canadian Nationals for wrestling, they had a decent enough turnout. But he went down to a state championship, and they had like a stadium with a jumbotron going, yep. and yep. we we're like, what the shit? And this is a state championship, yeah. not the, the national. Wrestling is huge here. It's not bigger too, I believe. In some nation or some nations, some states. Um, I don't know. Some I remember. I read the uh, Brock Lesnar autobiography, and he said, "Yeah, man, it's absolutely again. It's like a religion in some states. Like certain yeah. states have their niche sports. I don't not the wrestling's yeah. niche, but they go all in, man. Like it's it's a yeah. you, if you don't wrestle, it's like why don't you wrestle? Or if you don't play football and you're a jack dude, it's like why don't you? What's wrong yeah. with you? Why don't you play football? Yeah, you know. And and a lot of these powerlifters, I'm noticing. Were you big? Were you like stocky when you were young? I actually was a little heavy. But I, I lost the weight. I went. I saw. That's when I started lifting. That's actually when I when I started getting into the weight room. Like I was a little heavier in elementary. Yeah. And then I, but then I probably I think I dropped like twenty pounds. Oh, like going into seventh grade, yeah, because I started like I started um, eating better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like working out. And I was, what was I like twelve or thirteen? I started benching when I was like eleven. But, Holy <laughs> shit, man! Yeah. So how tall? How tall are you? Right now, yeah. Like, oh, right now, <laughs> five, I'm five six. Solid but, five six. But if I ask you tomorrow, yeah. it might be five nine. <laughs> <laughs> that, but um, <laughs> but you, so you start. Why did you start lifting weights so young? Did you like you have an older? Was your older brother into it, or like how did you get into weightlifting? Because that's pretty young to be lifting. That is pretty young, and my parent, my dad, my parents didn't like it. You know. Oh really? And, um, yeah. No, like you know, the, uh, especially they're like Asian parents. Yeah, because I'm Filipino, and they're like, you know, it's like, oh, it's a bad thing, you know, like you shouldn't be doing that that young. Wait until you're like 18, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but I, my brother, my older brother, uh, started getting into it, so I was like, oh, this is fun. And you know, we would watch like, obviously, we would watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, and we'd watch Rocky. You know, all the you know all the action movies and stuff. You'd see Arnold. And and I wanted the- to be a, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. For no such kidding. a long time. Yeah. Um, see, I like the same. I, like, I was, man, Rocky's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a god to me, too. So yeah. when I was young, very similar, didn't really have any direction in it. My, my, my parents didn't push me in or nothing, just go into the basement. I was probably like grade six ish, started lifting weights, didn't know what the hell I was doing, just lay down and start pressing. But you start like just getting the ball rolling, anyways. Yeah. It's funny when you said um, how you dropped 20 pounds. I remember when I was a kid, too. You're just eating to eat. You have no idea about nutrition 
or, yeah. or what the shit's going on. So it could be yeah. easy if all of a sudden you enter into a sport and you start like learning, oh shit, do I have to eat a certain way to be athletic? Yeah. Or, and then, and then you know, on very small changes, you could easily start dropping weight. Yeah. Um, so when you were like around 11, 12-ish, were you lifting for a purpose of like sports as well? Or did you have like ideas in terms of for like wrestling and football? I felt like it would help, but like I enjoyed it mm-hmm. more just for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought I found it more fun for myself than anything, and I was like, "Oh, and then, oh, cool! It's gonna help like the sports, anyways." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had a yeah, we had like our own little um, home gym. You know what I mean? One of them. It wasn't even like the Olympic bars. It was those old, you know, the the thin the thin <laughs> bars that <laughs> like the Canadian... do they even make those anymore? Uh, you probably. I mean, I feel like I mean. yeah, I feel like they die now. You could but, uh, uh, you could probably get them on eBay or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had one of those for like, I think I lifted on that for a good like three years, four years at home, and then a, and then a commercial gym opened up. Uh, I believe when I started high school or something. And then you can start going there. It's the, yeah. It's the funny thing when you like lifting weights. Like, were you? Did you have buddies you lifted weights with, or your brother? Or did you just do it on your own? Um, I would lift with my brother sometimes, but then as I got more used to it. I just started lifting on my own. Isn't it you weird? Know what I mean? Like it's like okay, so we're adults now, and I just yeah. said like I as a kid, like it was in grade six, seven, was in my parents' basement. It wasn't finished basement, and was lifting weights. When I think about like how crazy is it if you're like a middle aged man and you're like, where's where's our son? Like, he's in the basement. <laughs> he's in the basement lifting weights. Like isn't it crazy to think like we we as children were like doing something on our own just. In, just getting it yeah. done, getting in, working. Yeah, we went the, off. Yeah. Isn't that weird? our own decision, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like he's, <laughs> he's just grinding in the basement for what? He's yeah. eleven. What is he? What is he training for? He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's just down there working hard, getting after it. It's crazy to think now, but I mean, it's uh, and I know what you mean. Where um, at the time you can tell yourself like this will benefit a certain sport, but it's just something about the process of doing it. Where you're like, I think I enjoy lifting weights. Yeah. Like, you know, feeling a little roughed up and feeling some gains. Um, so, in, in terms of sports, were you good at football? Was it like... It I was all wrestling? right. I wasn't the best, you know what I mean? Or else mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd still be playing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But yeah. You got to be no, really I, Yeah. I was, you know, I wasn't the best. Uh, I, I enjoyed wrestling more than anything. I feel yeah. like I was a decent wrestler. And then tra- I only did track and field do, um, because I think wrestling was out of season. Mm-hmm. And I, I just needed something to keep... Keep me in shape, in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I would do that. Yeah. Just like, I, I, you know, just the, just the jog and stuff, but... Yeah. And did you, um, like, in terms of weightlifting, obviously that continued, but how did you end up finding out about power? Like, first off, were you strong at the time? Or, like, were you doing even squats and deads at the time, or are you still just kind of noodling around with the weightlifting? So, okay. When I found powerlifting, I would say it's... Closing on on a little over the over five years ago now, mm-hmm. so I was like, hold on, I was like 22, 21 at the time, oh, and I was just getting out of uh, so I got out of college, and I started doing esports. Oh. I was getting into yeah. How, I was how doing new that. age of you? How new age of you? Esports, yeah. no shit. And, that, and when I and at the time that was still fresh for the West, you know for. Uh, Western side of the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what's esports? You know, that's wasn't even considered. Like, we didn't even say esports yet. I feel. I think. Yeah. We were just right. saying like, oh yeah, we're playing video games. You know. Yeah. 
and we're making and we're making a little money. And you, you, you <laughs> how how did you find esports? Because esports, like I just started, I listened to a podcast as a Joe Rogan podcast, and he had a guy on it who was talking about like technology and whatnot. He's like, do you listen to Joe Rogan, by the way? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. He had a guy I'm on it who, yeah. who was talking about actually his video game design. He's talking about yeah. virtual reality, and it's, it's crazy what they think they're going to be able to do. And he, and he was telling Rogan about esports and how, um, like you were saying, in Asia, esports is like they can pack a, like a stadium. It's bigger than the fucking oh, yeah. Super Bowl. Bigger than the Super oh, Bowl, yeah. my friend. Like these, oh. like millions of dollars. Like these guys sign contracts. It's insane. Uh, we, yeah. we thought it was like funny. We're like esports. What the shit? No, no, no. Yeah. These guys make millions of dollars, and they're like people show up. <laughs> yeah, they're making money. <laughs> cake, serious cake, yeah. and um, like like a football stadium packed full of people watching people play video games. Yep. yep. Like I, I can't even uh, like and people. It's crazy, like, right? Yeah. It's it, you know even to me, um, like I grew up I grew up with that because I, I always played games. You know, I was always very competitive, and I was very, and I always knew about like the competitive side of the sport mm-hmm. and. So even and still even to me, it's crazy to see when stadiums get filled up. Even though it's not surprising, yeah. But it's just like wow, you know, everyone's here to watch this game. But then if you think about it that way, it's like people go to fill up stadiums to watch tennis, football. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, I I know what you mean. It's just not traditional for us. I think culture. Yeah, it's right? just not traditional. Yeah, but it's entertainment. Yeah. It's still entertainment. It's still two people going yeah. head to head. They got freaking TV shows. Where they stream like a guys playing football like Madden against each other, yeah. and they show like oh, yeah. a tournament with brackets. And um, I'm not a big football guy, and I'm not an esport guy. I watched the reality TV show, and I started getting like they showed the esport kids. Like I say, kids. Some were like 30 year old men. Some were 15 year olds. It could be. Yeah. That's a good thing about esports. Any background, you just you can any, take it. And yeah. It doesn't matter. You could be 12. And, and, and they be, would, uh, yeah, and do well. And be dumb or old as shit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and have like a wife and kids, and, and you're into esports, and um, yeah. it's interesting seeing like their backgrounds, and you start like rooting for the guy just like you would if it was a tennis game, a boxing match, or whatever the shit. You're like, oh man, yeah. I hope this guy wins. They showed him and his family. I seen him go against some guy and beat him, and then you're like, oh, and you, and they showed a progressing. The way the yeah. show was made, it wasn't like um, you didn't see the full game play out. It was more highlights of the game, but showed the character. The people, you know what I mean? Kind of it, it, it focused on the on the person. Correct, yeah. yeah. And it was kind of like streamlined into the tournament right down into the final matchup. But you could see how... So this eSport... Are, are they called athletes? Yeah, they're called athletes. Okay, so it's yeah. eSport yeah. athletes. They're, athletes yeah. they're, they're like... They're world famous over there, are they not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember a few years ago, if you were like a certain rank in some countries... Like in like in China, you can get free food at some places. <laughs> but no shit, just you walk in there, you know it's uh the story. Who was it? I remember George Chavalo came to my high school. He fought Muhammad Ali, and he's. I remember somebody asked him like, you know, we're kids. You ask like silly questions, and he's like, we're like, how famous were you? Like, what happened after you fought Muhammad Ali? And he's like, I haven't paid for dinner since, and that was thirty years ago. You know, it's just, if I walk into a restaurant anywhere in Toronto, he's from Toronto, I don't pay as soon as I find out. But, like, yeah, that's, like, that level of fame, I guess, that they, yeah. they'd be over there. But those, um, isn't there a dude, uh, Ninja? Is he an eSport yeah. guy? He, uh, he's a video game guy. He's a Fortnite guy. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. is that, so is there, 
Is there like esports? Uh, there's esports, and then there's just straight up playing those killing games, right? Streaming games, yeah. There was a competition yeah, not that long going. ago, actually, and a 16 year old kid from the US won. And beat Ninja? Uh, I don't know if he, Ninja was playing, but this kid won the uh, the tournament. He won three million dollars for oh, playing snap. Fortnite. Yeah. And I, and I and put that in perspective, I think like ninth place was a thirteen year old kid. I think it was ninth place, and he got like four hundred grand or yeah. something oh, like that. Four hundred. Damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The tournament total prize money was thirty million dollars. So, so in terms of like esports and those like those games like Fortnite, would the same dudes be able? be good at both like video games isn't just video games that's probably an ignorant statement right like are they like no just because you're good at esports doesn't mean you're good at fortnite it's totally exactly. different skills or is it video game skills can it, transfer it depends on the game it depends on the game like yeah. someone could be good at a shooter a shooting game like yeah. call of duty yeah. or fortnite you know something uh but they might not be good at something like league of legends which is like a moba uh, okay. and it's a completely different style of game it's for a example, whole you know and is there a bit of like in between esport guys who are playing sports and the guys who are playing like like Call of Duty? Is there any kind of rivalry or disrespect between them, or are they all just view each other as gamers? Like for no, instance, they're... powerlifting, CrossFit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually when it comes to like that, they're all everyone's a gamer. You know, they kind of yeah. it's kind of a mutual respect. But within the communities, there's a lot of rivalries. Oh, I bet. In yeah. terms of like in between the actual. In between players? the actual like yeah. players, yeah. That's that's another thing that I noticed. Um, all the Joey Flex crew aren't you guys super into gaming? It's almost like when I think I might be making this up, but when I think of the Joey Flex crew, a everybody's in like young guys in their twenties, super into like gaming, watch like anime. This is probably stereotyping, but it feels like because I see it in like the stories and stuff, and some of the shit I get, some of it is right over my head because I'm not like into gaming or whatever. But I love it, even though it's almost like a culture with the team within the yeah. team, right? But do you guys I, all play like that or what? Or, or is, am I making this up? I don't think I don't think Russ plays games. You know what I mean? But he likes anime. I know that for sure. <laughs> and Joey definitely loves games and anime. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I think it's just like. We didn't join and then started. We, you know, it just so happened. I, I think I feel like that was just a, a just so happened thing. But yeah. and I also feel like that's a like a generational thing too. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm old because I'm older than Russ and Sean. I'm, I'm a little older than all of them, so I'm how, like on the how old are you again? The higher end. I just turned twenty seven. Jesus, man, with twenty sevens at the higher end of your crew, that's a yeah, young, you, that's you, a young ass crew, man. Way, you know what I mean? That's so. you're, you're old man Keiko and you're twenty seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're the veteran of the team. You're 27, Jesus. But uh, I can see where. Also, I guess like you could. It's easy to gravitate towards if you're online looking for a coach. You're like this guy is like checking all the boxes. We're we're kind of like moving in the same circles type deal. So it's yeah. easy enough. Um, so going back to your story, we went off on a bit of a tangent there, but uh, <laughs> but it it just piqued my interest because the yeah. online gaming came up on that Rogan podcast. But um, so at one point. You were thinking you were going to be, you know, make a run at that? Yeah, I, I, I did for a while. I did for no like shit. a good, almost two years. I did, it, but it wasn't as prominent as it is now. Yeah. <clears throat> like without getting too into it, it's way more secure than uh, now than it was like even five years ago, you know? Like in terms of like, like, like how, how far? Financially you... and yeah. um, just being a player, like being an ath- being a, in, an athlete in esports yeah. is much more secure now than it was like how many years ago 
You so know what I mean? How did you get in? Like, how do you how do you break into something like that and make a run for it? You just, you have to be good. Yeah, and you <laughs> so should enter a first, first things first. You have to be good. Yeah, like, um, because there's no like programs. Well, I get, there kind of is now. Like, for example, like, say you were like someone plays football, right? Yeah, in high school, and they were great. They're gonna get recruited. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I can't picture it. That's what I mean. Like. Um, you you see the channels for a normal sport. If you're yeah. just a kid playing video games, like how do you go from playing video games to like breaking into the pro ranks? That's yeah. Where do you start? So because they have built in like rank systems in the game, oh. basically, if, yeah, if you do well, then that's like a good. That's the first point to like kind of get up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because everyone can see those rings. Everyone can see the rings. You know. Yeah. So yeah, if someone's yeah. like, oh, who's this? You know, someone just comes in. Or maybe, and nowadays, because streaming, you know, live streaming, like on Twitch and Mixer, <laughs> yeah. like Twitch and stuff, uh, anyone could just put themselves out there now. You know, yeah. it's such a it's such a normal thing. And if someone's like really good, they'll they'll just they'll blow up. It doesn't matter. All they have to do is just start. They just have to be very good. Maybe stream a little, yeah. and then people will start noticing. Yeah. Especially if it's like a popular game like Fortnite. All it takes is one person to be like, oh, this guy's like better than. Oh, this guy's better than Ninja. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my, you know, this yeah, guy's the, great, you know? And everybody wants to discover the next talent. Like, if you say, like, yeah. I, think I, found the, I think I found the next Ninja, everybody, you don't know who the guy is, but you know who Ninja is, and you're like, oh, shit. And yeah. everyone, all of a sudden, yeah. hype starts running around behind you. Um, so, exactly. so when you started, when you started getting deep in this, were you, like, <clears throat> going into actual tournaments and, like... Yeah, we would play online. Uh, mo- uh, again, at the time, it was mostly online. Uh... I played League, League of Legends, and I was in the Challenger scene for like a year, and it was very, it was very stressful. I I would play like six to ten hours a day. Oh shit, man! Yeah. And could you make, um, in playing that, could you make like money doing it, or was it not yet you were making money? Or you could, but it was very like volatile because mm-hmm. it was based on, like, tournaments and, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, like, a signed contract type thing mm-hmm. versus if you got into, like, the actual pro scene at the time, too. The thing, so... Is that a lot of hours? Of, like, that's obviously a lot of hours a day. Yeah. But on the flip side, like, I've heard... I remember when I was in university, man, some kids being, like, I played, you know, COD last night, and they rocked, like, six hours easy in a sitting. Like, yeah. some, some of these games are you just can't sit up from. They're, like, addictive. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Pretty much, Yeah. And uh, especially if you want, like at the time, we all wanted to win. You know, we all wanted to be a pro, like a professional player. Mm-hmm. So you would put in the hours, you know, because mm-hmm. if some guy was playing like an extra few hours than you, he'd probably get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so it's funny. It's almost it, it is literally talking about it like it's a sport. Like you yeah, have to put like, it in your work. Yeah, that guy's tra- that guy's practicing more than you. Of course, he's going to get better. You know? Yeah. Type thing. So it's like <laughs> we always, all of us, we always had to play like every day. How many you did it every day? That many hours? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. In how I was very, I was very light. I was very malnourished. That's, that's I brought this up because I stopped lifting for those two years. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's kind of like entering that rabbit hole, man. Where you, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not that like so. It's not that crazy in that most people have a job where you're sitting down, anyways. So it's, it wouldn't be different than having a desk job, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of like. Terror, uh, like wear and tear, just sitting yeah, all day. You just, know? just being inactive. A lot yeah. of people have a desk job. The flip yeah. side is, when it comes to something like that, 
Your mind is constantly processing what's going on in front of it for exactly. eight hours, and there's no yeah. off. That is. And you have where, to be attentive. You have to be attentive. Yeah. Or else, like you know. Like that is where it's not a fucking desk job. You are constantly yeah. solving puzzles in front of you, the entire time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How mentally draining is that? I can't even picture doing it was, that. Man, it was it was insanely draining. Uh, I think because I would eat like once a day, I think, and oh, it was wow. just like very small, you know. And I I, I want to say I weighed like one high one seventies. That's not small for five six. I mean, I'm like two ten now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you weren't like bone real though. Are you na- no, you're, no, no. you're naturally a stocky guy then. I was naturally pretty stocky, yeah. Because for five six, one seventy high one seventies isn't that you know that's still you could be still yeah. a fairly jacked up dude. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's for sure if you're two ten, yeah, it's quite yeah quite the drop. But um, yeah, man, I can't picture being so you were basically on. You know what I mean? Like you can't rest. Yeah, the whole Your time. mind the whole is time. the mental fatigue. That's where some people can cut, somewhat lose themselves. Like you could probably yeah. have. Have you heard stories about gamers just like? Oh yeah. Oh losing, yeah. People losing. died. You know. Um, really. Just because they couldn't get up. The long, my longest uh, session I think was thirty hours straight. Holy um, shit, man! I think yeah, I kind of. I remember this. I played when it was night. The sun came up, and then when I got done, the sun went back down. Oh my <laughs> god, man! It yeah. like uh, so you. The thing is that to stay in in that grind trying to solve a puzzle, like all the whole time, you got to be tentative. That's the one thing that people don't understand is like you, it's not like you can't, when you're playing, you're constantly going for 30 hours straight. How could you, you know, I hear, I remember a buddy of mine was going for the military and they made him sleep deprived to see how his brain would work while sleep deprived and making decisions and, yeah. and still focusing on task at hand, etc. Yeah. This is literally like freaking training for like how you <laughs> operate sleep yeah. deprived, whatever, if you can handle it. How were you at the end of 30 hours? I put it. My brain was off within like twelve hours, but <laughs> really, but you were still functioning going through. Also, I, I was just going through the motions and just playing because I'd done it so much, you know. It's crazy, eh? What the brain's capable of doing. Yeah, but uh, they don't. I'm pretty sure they don't allow players to do that anymore. I, I believe that's in contract now. You can't play over X amount of hours and stuff like that nowadays. Like they'll stop. If you. I, yeah, just pure health reasons, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they actually make. Uh, they actually. I, I don't know if it's required anymore, but they they're having them like exercise a little, you know, to keep their health up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And they like to have like balanced diets, you know, so they can actually perform even they can perform better, you know. It's so when it comes to like stuff like that, they say if you want to retain, um, like when you get older, for for anyone in their late seventies, eighties, whatever the hell, to keep the mind sharp. They say you should do like crossword puzzles. You should do puzzles to keep yourself sharp. It's actually a good thing. The more you don't use it, it's easier to start forgetting things, Alzheimer's. So one of the best things when you're aging to keep sharp is doing things like that. Yeah. So there's that probably helps in terms of video games where, look, you're tentative and you're constantly problem solving, making decisions, etc. On the flip side, if you could shut off and go into autopilot, are it, like was it still problem solving or would you think it wasn't after like cognitively speaking were you reaping <laughs> benefits or was it man we were long past benefits we were a little long past benefits i feel yeah. like like yeah. You, what do you think happens if you stay in the pocket like that for like 10 years straight do you think i mean well do you think it can harm you uh i mean if you're not sleeping and eating right it'll harm you in my yeah. opinion yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why they're that's why they kind of um a lot of the organizations are 
pretty strict about it now about mm-hmm. like okay you know make sure you guys eat you know make sure you're getting sleep and all that stuff for the players you know yeah 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 it's a fascinating thing man because it's definitely yeah a it's, it's, it's 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 and it's still and it's new it's really fairly new still yeah you know well especially for over here yeah. like we're more about it but like in asia it's absolutely it's like their super bowl they, yeah they've, done, they've been doing that for like 30 years now yeah. you know it's nothing new they'll pack stadiums this year for us yeah. it's still wild to even hear that on yeah. the flip side, over here, we think Super Bowl is big. And over in Asia, they're like, what the fuck is the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's so people, crazy, right? Like, you know, just cultural difference, you know? Yeah, man. How there can yeah. be famous people on the other side of the world, and we don't even know that's a sport. We're like, why yeah. is that even – we don't get it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So uh, so after this, so you would shrunken down, stop lifting weights, <laughs> yeah. semi-shrunken down, stop lifting yeah. weights. And this is early 20s. So yeah. when did you decide to pack it in in terms of the e-athlete? When I, I kind of got burnt out, and you, you could tell why. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, I got you. Every now. day, you know, every day. Yeah. So I kind of got burnt out on it, even though I was doing all right, and I just stepped away. I was just like, I'm just gonna step away, take a break, and then I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna start going to the gym again. And at the time. I think I, I probably saw like some like a Dan Green video or something. You know what I mean? Like I just saw something out there. Dude, everybody saw, everybody came yeah. across a Dan Green video at some point. Some point, you know, yeah. like some constant, you know, some KK video. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. and like Andre and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the old animal videos. Yeah. Way back in the day, I saw those. I was like, oh man, these guys are strong. <laughs> I was like, I don't do that, you know. Man, then, like, because I was, you know, I was training for bodybuilding, you know, I've been, and even like before I had shrunken down, in a sense, you know, like, I've been lifting for like, what, seven years, eight years already still, mm-hmm. nine years, as from like 11 to 20, you know what I mean? And were you, when you and were then, doing those lifting, like you were lifting in a sense of bodybuilding, but were you, you were doing deads and squats and stuff, or? I was benching. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody benches, right? Yeah, That's, everyone benched. I was, yeah. I, I hate to admit, I was pretty. I was a pretty bro lifter, but um, I feel like I did it. I, I, I was pretty strict about it, though. You know what I mean? I never did anything like dumb. You know, I never yeah. did dumb movements. No injuries and stuff like that. What's up? No injuries and stuff. Yeah, like no that. injury. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fortunately, you know, and um, I yeah, I I think I only started squatting when I was like probably I probably started squatting when I was like nineteen. No shit. So this is, we were actually talking about this um, last podcast with Kathy, how like there's some sports like tennis, for instance, if you don't start, like some people are winning world titles at 19 or there's no world titles, like grand slams, they call it. Yeah. Um, like the US Open, et cetera, at like 19. Whereas powerlifting, you could come, there are people who start, start 19, start mid 20s, late 20s. And boom, go right to world titles and world records, yeah. whatever. Like you could, it's it's better to start younger, but you could start almost whenever the shit if you're built for it. Like you could put on yeah. strength as long as you put it in. Yeah. Um, when you start squatting, did you know how to squat, or like how did you end up like figuring out technique? All I knew was range of motion. That was like the that was always in brain, like engraved in my in my brain. I was just like, okay, just squat all the way down. That makes Very, sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I didn't even know what low bar, high bar, all yeah. that, all that jazz. You know? Yeah, yeah. Were you? I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure I wore sneakers too, like a Daybreaks. You know, squishy, good old Daybreaks sneakers. And... Sneakers, yeah. yeah. Um, so then, how did you wind up when you found out powerlifting? Come across a Dan Green video. Um, how did you? Did you just like decide? Did you just like reach out to somebody? How did that 
how'd you get into the sport? No, I just I just started lifting. I was just at the commercial gym, the same one that I was at since I was like twelve. Oh no! Or 13, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that that one like that one closed shortly after. So and then I went to a different commercial gym for a few years, but um, I was no, I was just in there. I was just I would just run any random uh, powerlifting program that I found online. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was just I would just go in, train, eat, and sleep. You know. And just doing and your I, own thing, basically something you found online with no coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And, and no, I would just do my research on like every day. I would just get on, do my research about how to squat, how to bench. You know what I mean? All the yeah, all those yeah. like. You know, all those uh, tips and tricks and stuff like who, that, you know? Who was it that you found? Did you find a particular video or anybody that you came across that you started learning from? Um, I really like those the animal videos. That's, I, if, I, if I had to pick one out, those are the, probably the ones I'd was watch. Was it? Okay. Do, do, you know, do you know those ones? They're like the animal I, basic videos? I'm not sure. There's a generation of people who came in because of Candido. Right. He had some videos. So it's like it's. I like asking that question because some people drop some names of who brought them in and who they found. Right. It, that's like the. That's another sign of the times. Is like you could learn your craft by watching online. Man, you could go online yeah. and learn almost anything. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure. I've seen those animal videos. Yeah, they they had one with like Andre. And like Eric Lillybridge, you know what I mean? Yeah, these guys are. Monsters. That's why to me when I when I started, like uh, I started. When I was really getting into powerlifting, I just put on wraps. I didn't even I didn't even have sleeves. I just oh. threw wraps on. You know, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, you went you know? <laughs> straight into the hardcore. Yeah, I, I, I would I would wrap those wraps tight. Like I can't feel my legs Jeez. tight. You know, Jesus, man. and then, that was just normal. That's what I thought was was it's normal. Like learning, just... You learning to drive on a Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> you're like you're picturing Eric Lillybridge. This guy's 300 pounds. Holy moly! You went yeah. straight to the top. It's funny that that's the first. That was your first name. I'm picturing Johnny Candido. You're over here like Dan Green. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah. whatever gets whatever gets going. If there is yeah. like a, no shortage of information. On the flip side, not all the information's good. But the animal boys knew what they were doing. The one thing with powerlifting is. Because it's all about like a game of levers and body sizes and different shapes and whatnot, what works for them isn't necessarily going to work for you. Like those exactly. those fellows are massive monsters. If you they use three hundred pounds, you're one hundred seventy five pounds. Exactly. You exactly. can't really mimic them if you're picturing yeah. in your head. I'm gonna set up like Eric Lillybridge, right? I started watching Ed Cohen a lot. Oh wow! And and we do have very similar uh, body types because yeah. I, I actually uh, ran into him at the Arnold. He was in the warm-up room last year. Yeah. Um, and... You know, for, for dropping his name, by the way, you just got suspended by the IPF two years. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's say that. That's right. That's right. That's right. You can't, you can't drop his Let's name. Let's call him the GOAT. They don't know who. There you go. You're speaking code. Speaking code. Yeah. Speaking code. And codes. When you, um, so when was the first time you actually, was Joey your first coach that you reached out to then? Yeah. Yeah. And that was only, in, it's been like two years, I think. Just recent, just only recently. It's only been uh, two years. Yeah, no, no kid. So all yeah. up until then, were you just like self training? Yeah, I was just doing my own thing, just figuring it out. I totaled, I think I totaled seventeen hundred before I started with Joey. What's that in uh, kilos? Yeah, I can look that up. It's funny. I how, think it's like seven. I don't know. Whenever we have with American lifters, they give totals in uh, pounds, and I'm like, what the shit is that? That's a uh, seven seventy, seven seventy one. Oh wow, that's a ninety three yeah. kilo. Yeah, it's ninety three. So you're still putting in work. Yeah, I, I, I totaled that. So okay, 
jumping way back, my first meet, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I know the totals of all my meets. I think now that I think if I like, actually want to look at it because I how it's cool because I have them here, so I can like. How many competitions so have you had? How many competitions have you done? Including the APF ones. Yeah. Or just okay. I think I've done ten. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 10. Yeah, okay. I think I've done 10 competitions. That's not as crazy. If you were yeah, going to tell me, yeah. if you were going to say like 55, I'd be like, God damn it, yeah. man. If you know all 55 of your numbers, if you hit like 55 yeah, competitions. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to lose track. Yeah. Because like, like before it was only five competitions, you'll know. Yeah. But now once it gets to like, once I'm at 20, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, if, I did whatever that day. <laughs> like, if you're 55 years old and you can still remember what you did 25 years ago, uh, yeah. it's just a random beat too. Like you're... 25th yeah. competition and that's that's pretty yeah. crazy but uh what's the difference in between like um since you came on with joey was it like boom goes the dynamite a whole relevation like or were you you know because you obviously you could do a lot of research especially with the internet these days yeah you know you could follow lifters and kind of see all right he uses paw squats he's doing sets of eight here's a single every week you could kind of start piecing together your formula yeah. and you're not totally ignorant and out of the woods as long as you follow stay in the loop but when you yeah. jumped in with a coach for the first time, did you see a massive difference? Was it like a holy smokes, man? Yeah, actually, it was it was pretty night and day. Uh, interesting that I think about it, because I the meet I did it was June 2017. It was right before 2017 round nationals. I did that. That's where I totaled 1700. It was a local meet here in California, and then I was like, I learned that I was getting into prime time. Oh, you know, I, mean, I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure I made prime time because it was like, I think that was like the first time they did it, anyways, or like the second time they did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want to go into nationals alone. You know what I mean? It's it's easier to powerlifting, man. It's one of those individual sports where, like, yeah, you're an individual, but it means whenever when you're training, you could get really wrapped up into your numbers. And 100, yeah. percent if you have somebody just to bounce ideas off of, exactly. day of, he's yeah. got your back. Just pick their brain. Yeah. Someone, just, to, someone to be honest with you too. You know what I mean? When you're tired and you can't be honest with yourself. It's, you know I mean? it's a huge deal <laughs> just to know if things start falling off or anything, man, you could call up or ask questions yeah. to somebody's, you got something. Even if you yeah. got an idea of what you want to do, it's a big deal, man. Especially day yeah. of a week of when you're getting a little nervous and he's like, okay, relax, man. I, we, we got yeah. this. Here's what we think the attempt should be. Exactly. But uh, so it made a pretty big difference when he hopped on then? Yeah, it was huge. I learned a lot. Like, I feel like I learned a lot and I got really strong. Like my bench exploded. Um, my third my third attempt bench in June became my opener in October. Oh, shit. That's a quick turnaround, sir. Yeah, that was, huh? That's, that's pretty crazy. It was fast. It was fast. It turned to like a, you know, it was like a, it was that the third attempt. It was like a, it was four thirty June. I benched four thirty in two thousand seventeen, and it was like a, it was like a max, you know. Yeah. And I opened with it, and I was like, I could rep this out, <laughs> you know. What I mean? Holy smokes, man! And what do you think the big difference was? Uh, just Joey's programming, uh, and I was really. I always communicated with him, but I was like, okay, should I be doing this or that? And he was like, oh, you know, we kind of just like hammered technique in a little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and the tra- and the main thing was the training. It was just like being smarter about like recovery, you know, and yeah. just eating and all, you know, it's pretty much everything to build the, to build it up, you know? Did, did you, 
Was it mostly the programming, or did you have a big technical changes, or do you think it's the programming? Um, switch things up? I would say both. It was, it, the programming was very good, because I had, like, for, what, three, four years? Uh, three years, I did, like, just random... I ran Candido, you know? I ran yeah. Candido, I ran, like, 531, I did Shaco, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've done uh, Small Ob and stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I died doing Small Ob, I remember doing that in the commercial gym with raps. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? I was doing, like, a million sets of squats with wraps on, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is normal, right? I was like, this hurts a lot, but... <laughs> I was like, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing, the good thing too, when you get a coach, like, um, so yeah, obviously they, they could do programming tailored to yourself and you could like do a little back and forth and be like, hey, I'm experiencing this. Let's maybe change that up. But if you have like, if you shoot a video, I did Joey, Joey did coaching for me as well. And um, oh. you could shoot a video and be like, take a look at this. What, what are you thinking about this? And they yeah. could see things that sometimes when you're doing it yourself, you don't see you know, you like it's too. different yeah. when it's a third eye on it. And they'll notice things that you don't notice. It's like fucking when you write a letter and you have somebody proofread it for you. It's just always a good idea to have a third eye. Because you'll, yeah. it's it's just, uh, they have There no, are some things you'll just never see. Or you feel. Know? And you're yeah. like, or you start developing habits and it's like, when the shit did I start doing that? Exactly. Like, yeah, like maybe your squat stance went in a little closer yeah, over like, time. Or some little little weird things. Then they'll be like, hey, uh, did you always do that? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, because if they hadn't seen your video in like a month, and they're like, well, you're a lot narrower. And you're like, yeah. I don't remember bringing it in. And then you go back to your videos, and you're like, what the shit? When did I start bringing my yeah, squat stance? Yeah, when did that even happen? You know what I mean? But it happens yeah. all the time. That's why you need a third eye. Um, yeah. I did the same type. of went through to got Joey on board and the same type of shit, um, basically. But, uh, so, so since then though, uh, what competition was it that you just unofficially broke the, uh, cause the IPF world came and I remember talking to Joey, um, messaging him and him saying, um, pay attention to Jonathan's next competition. Cause if everything goes right, he's going to be breaking the, he's going to unofficially break the world record for the total. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, man. Cause the year before that. At the U.S. Nationals, you, I think you came in fourth, correct? Fourth, yeah. So and that, the one before that, too. Fourth. And the one before that in fourth. Yeah. <laughs> so to unofficially yeah. be not only the number one in the U.S., but number one in the world, I was like, my man. Now, this is, look, at jo- this is Joey talking about his athletes. So I'm like, all right. Uh, I mean, you know, everybody says a lot, like, but it's their own athletes. Let's see. Yeah. And I remember posting on King of Lists being like, where it has it. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I wasn't going to yeah. say like you're going to unofficial, like he's, he's going for world yeah, records. Yeah. That's probably a little too much. But as like, I'm being told, keep an eye on my man. He's, he's, he's due to do some big things, right? And we were all watching a little bit. And then did you know you were going to have a performance like that? Because obviously Joey did. Yeah, I was pretty confident. Actually, that was like the going into it. <clears throat> and like when I was all done, like on that day. I was actually kind of disappointed because I feel like I, I could have done a lot more. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so things were just flying for you. Yeah. Um, squats are really sandbagged. And it just happens because because of my scar, you know, the whole scar thing. Sometimes my squats are just kind of like, mm-hmm. they just kind of move slow, even though it wasn't heavy. Because mm-hmm. what happens in my squats um, is that when I'm going down, because there's no muscle on this entire right side. There's no the bar, muscle? Oh no. shit! I have a whole, I'm like missing an entire like segment here. Holy! So it's like, so here's say so here's my stomach. It goes in like this. Wow, dude! So, so 
that's that's phenomenal that you're doing what you're doing in the strength sport when you're missing yeah. half your <laughs> torso. Yeah. So when I go down, uh, there's nothing really to support it, so I end up having to kind of do some weird stuff with my shoulders, and the weight shifts forward to the right because there's nothing to really hold yeah. it up. And then with heavier weights, it starts like pull. You know what I mean? And it starts making the squat all weird. You know, especially so. for bar path, man. Like it's yeah, all no, about... bar path. Bar path's not a thing for me. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you maintain like that's crazy that you're able to do what you could do with like a bar path wonky and the whole dive. Yeah. it hurts it, it hurts sometimes um especially during volume but um has it also offset you because you squat with a wonky bar path unbalanced has it offset so one side's become stronger than the other because it's working harder i I, w- I would say maybe a little bit and i've done and i do do like a lot of unilateral you know i mean things that kind of Try to strengthen it, it. Yeah, I kind of fight back at it, you know. Yeah. But and it's it's actually gone a lot better um, than it was like a few a few years ago. It was terrible. Like it would just go like like all the way down to one side. You like got, if you watch the bar path, it'd be like yeah, that's it's insane. <laughs> you know you know I mean? Finish it. You would have to like do weird things to compensate to get yourself tight. Like you got to squat differently than probably everybody else. Or uh, a little bit, yeah. Because for me to feel even, I actually have to pull the bar yeah. to the other side. So when I go down, it falls into because <laughs> it's gonna fall anyways. Yeah, so yeah. I, I try and let it fall to into a you know so the bar is kind of straight. Yeah. So yeah. So so now that um, you've hit this and and if before you were like a contender, now you're you become the guy to beat because you you broke the you unofficially broke the world record. Ninety um, threes some points were like extremely stacked. Especially in the U.S., man. You guys got, yeah. like, nowhere to run to. Yeah. Right now, the 93s, Dave Wilson moved out. Uh, Ashton moved out. Who's still in the 93s right now? LS is still there. LS is still there. Chance is still there. Uh, Dixon's still there. You oh, know, Charlie Kyle Dixon. Still there. Charlie yeah, Dyke Charlie Dixon. Dixon. He's looking strong, you know what I mean? Looking good, too. Yeah. I mean, I know he had that groin thing happen, but he's he's already back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Thought, he said that was like seven months ago. That feels is that crazy that that was that long ago? Was it seven months? I don't. Time flies. I, that's, I feel like that's what I read on his post. It was like seven Dude, months. Time ago. Time flies. I, was like, I don't. I, you know what? I wouldn't doubt it, but time fucking flies. But yeah, yeah time flies. It's yeah. been a hot minute. He's gonna have to. I know with his growing, he's got to sink his squats, and I know it's tough initially to get those squats deep because um, that's like at the bottom where he's gonna feel the most pull. But it yeah. is like it looks. You know. Who are you? Are those the guys that probably are chief rivals, right? In terms oh, yeah. of contending, yeah. Charlie oh, yeah. Chance, but it's yeah. a bit of a shakeup. It, lo- it feels like it's weird. Some years it's like a whole new cast of characters that you think are going to end up on the top. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Compared to the last few years, right? Especially since people are moving up, you know. Do you feel if you if you win the U.S. Nationals, um, are you going to go to Belarus? I plan to. Yeah. That oh boy, it's yeah. going to be a hell of a. Yeah, I plan to, and then... Because there's some people who are. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Some people say they're not going. That's that's on them, you know? Exactly. It's an individual thing. Um, And then in the 93s, on the world stage, obviously, you've got guys like uh, Anatoly, who just won, and it's a whole... um, uh, Gustav Hedlund from Sweden. Yeah. But your total... What was the total you hit that's the unofficial world record? 863. That's right. And what was Ashton's previous... Eight sixty-two and a half. <laughs> oh, hey, fuck oh no! Well, I think that was um. I might he might have been one hundred five. I'm not sure. You but what? What, what yeah. they said, what the official one before, actually, 
I think he did do 862 as a 93, but I think it was like a local meet, so it didn't count. Yeah. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 862. Yeah. yeah. And is this, is, is, uh, because you did this in just a, you did a local meet as well, right? It was a state meet, so that's why, that's why the American record's kind of there, because they were national reps. How crazy is it, man? The state record is like higher than the world record. That's a tough fucking that's state. True. Oh, that sucks. I didn't how, even think about that. That's how incredible. ironic is that? <laughs> how many sports is it where if you're, like, in 10 years from now, some kid's coming up, and he's like, no, I mean, I'm not world-class, but what's the state record? I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, what the hell happened that day? This dude just destroyed the state record. I guess it's going to happen with every state that they have world champions. Yeah, that they actually. have someone in, yeah. 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 But like, I mean, imagine imagine being in, like, like you know, imagine being in Texas. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Texas is, like, the hot Yeah, you, you can't even... You, any lifter can't even check those records. No, man. hell no. That, that'll ruin your day. That's very discouraging, man. Texas yeah. is freaking... Wasn't there a stat like... That was a crazy stat. How many world champions came out of Texas in the last 10 years? It's freaking crazy. Obviously, yeah. Ray Williams, Russell Orhe, mm-hmm. you have like the craziest, biggest of the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you expecting on this at the U.S. Nationals? What 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 do you, What is your goal, do you think? Is, is 900 kilo as a 93... Is that something that you think is is within reach? Maybe not at this Raw Nationals, but will we see that in the future, do you think? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we can do more than that. <laughs> do you, you know what? Actually, I want to ask your opinion. Did you see that um, Verzbecki looked like he moved down to 93 kilo? In the, I think uh, Christoph, right? Christoph Verzbecki from Poland, yeah. who was 93 kilo GOAT. Yeah. Um, he won God knows how many titles, and he says he wants 900 at 93 kilo, and he's returning. You yeah. and him would be a phenomenal showdown in Belarus. No, yeah, I, I saw that today, and I was just like, I was just excited. I was just like, oh snap! Look, yeah, at I want to, like, I want to learn to deadlift like this guy. You know, what I mean? my man. In terms of sports, you need rivalries and you need a supporting cast. If you walk in there, it's just you, and your supporting cast ain't around. It's nowhere near as entertaining. You go in there, it's you, Anatoly, and versus Becky, who's a ninety-three kilo goat, returns to ninety-three. My man, there there could be no better showdown yeah, a, at the world. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good little fight. All you know? eyes. Who do you think is a ninety-three kilo goat? By the way, I keep saying versus Becky. Is it versus Becky? You think? That's hard to say. I don't know. Who else would it be? Ninety-three kilo. I think it's got to be him. No. Is he? The... He won. He won the very first one. He won the World Cup. Then he won. He like, is, the like first... he is an OG. You know what I mean? He's yeah. An OG. When it comes to that, he won in twenty twelve. Yeah, that's right. If you got to win and beat him to do it, dude, there could be no better way to win a title. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. That'd be you, fun. That'd be, that'd be great if, you know, if I got to compete with him. Yeah. And, like, that'd and be, you know what I mean? In the reigning, if the, if the potential GOAT the division returns, the reigning world champion in Anatoly returns, like, dude, that's a hell of a showdown. You want people to care, everyone's going to care. And yeah. then somehow you know LS is going to end up as an alternate on that team. <laughs> he always does. What's your What's your goal here in terms of like when you're all said and done? Do you see yourself up there winning titles, like world titles? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I. That's what I saw from the very beginning. That's why I was just like, oh, I can do. You know, I was like, oh, I felt I'm pretty strong, right? I was like, I can do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, I just have to be patient and just be smart about it, mm-hmm. and you know, it'll come. And yeah. you know, look where we are. You know what I mean? So. You're already well on your way, sir. Yeah. So, 
Honestly, I feel like we could put, like, when it comes to... Because for uh, a while, I was known as, like, a bench guy only. You know what I mean? Everyone would be like, okay, yeah, this guy's got, like, a 500-pound bench. And I almost... Which is like, insane. Main, yeah. I honestly want to... I feel like 600 could happen, like, eventually down the road. For bench especially, press? Yeah, for bench press. Holy shit, as like, especially Especially if we get, like, the rope, the fat pad at the meets. Yeah. You know, the rope bench. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, you know, even, I mean, shoot, even mid-500s would be, is already insane, you know? Yeah. So, man, what what is the 900 uh, total? Let me look. In, I'm curious. In like, number-wise. 1984? I think I've done that in training. You've done a 900 total in training? Like, not in one day, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you like, added up, like, of, a, like, a super total style. Add it up. Yeah, it, it, or that, or it's pretty close. It's really close. My man, if you guys both total 900 kilo head to head, that'd be <laughs> insane. Yeah, that would be absolutely crazy. Let me let me add up what I've done in training. I'm close. I think it's like eight 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 ninety something. That's six pounds off. It's like eight ninety five. I think I've done like eight ninety five in training or something. Yeah, and it's like eight ninety at five pounds, dude. You're right there. Yeah. That's that's a cookie, my friend. Yeah. That's a couple cookies outside on your deadlift. Just one little push. That's one little yeah, push. Yeah, one little push, yeah. And I actually feel like I'm getting stronger in deadlifts, so I'm pretty excited. Because, like, especially, I mean, if Kristoff's there, like, if, if if we're not pulling 800, it's just like, <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, Kristoff is, uh, it's interesting that he went to 105. He won it, did have a great day in Calgary, was gone in Sweden, and now returning as a 93. Yeah. I'd like to ask him, like, he was always a small 105, though. Like, he was always real close. Like a 90, to like a 96-ish, right? Yeah. Like, or, okay, I mean, yeah. I don't even think he was, yeah, he was always, like, maybe late 90s. And in terms yeah. of, like, trimming up, easy peasy for him. The guy can get diced up, and it's just a water cut. You don't, so you're only walking around 210, so you don't like a big water cut, then, eh? No. Like, most I'll walk around is, like, 212. You know what I mean? Like, waking up. Yeah. And that's if I eat a lot. Like, the, you know what I mean? Literally, like, right before bed. Do you do a water cut? I do, yeah. So it's, it's nothing crazy, you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's it, it's a pretty it's pretty easy. It's what is like ten uh, five pounds rather, yeah, seven pounds. Especially at your body size, that's not yeah. very much. You won't it's not, yeah, it's not it's not much at all, really. It's have, it's. Yeah. Have you got like ever tempted to get a little bigger to add a little more size and increase that water cut? I want to, but I'm still like I also I actually kind of like trim down a little mm-hmm. just to kind of lose a little of my fluff. So I can kind of build back up. Because, yeah. yeah, I was always kind of a little fluffy. So I was like, <laughs> it's, you know, so. It's, it's like the game. It's like diminishing returns. You get it. You get add like 10 pounds of your body size and marginally increase your strength. And you're like, this doesn't really feel like it's worth it. For my day to day to be like, you know, I put like 10 pounds of body fat on and like yeah. my numbers. I, I was heavy uh, leading until 2017 that slow. Uh, last year's nationals, I was like, I would walk around probably like two seventeen. Oh shit! Yeah. And did you like that? That's a pretty big cut. Well, no, <laughs> that felt like I didn't uh, like walking around, getting out of bed and stuff. You know, for me yeah. it was hard. You know what I mean? Like, because I know like uh, some of the other ninety threes, they said they can. Because like I know David could get up to two thirty easy. Holy! You know, it's, you know, no, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like yeah. if he ate, you well, know, so what I mean? like, now that he's eating, you know what I mean? Since so he we- moved up. I can get up, if I just want to go willy-nilly, man, I could easily throw on 10, 15 pounds. Like, sometimes, yeah, like, I could 
definitely eat my yeah. way out of my weight class if I want yeah. to. And some of these dudes are way bigger in real life when you meet them. David's oh, yeah. not a, sh- a short dude. Like, I don't know exactly how yeah, tall he's, he is. I think he's 5'10". I, he's, they stood next to him and he was pretty tall. So when he, <laughs> when he eats and he just wants to go all out, like 230 is a large man. Like, yeah. that's like a freaking football player, a heavyweight boxer or something, man. Yeah. For him to size yeah. down to 205... That's a serious... Yeah, you know, think about that. That's, that's a lot for him. So, I, the 105 it, move for him was... I, you know, it's going to do well for him, you know? Like, for him to grow He's a big his, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a bigger guy, you know, his frame. frame yeah. You know what I mean? Because me, I'm, I'm small. I'm like... I'm, I'm compact, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to get over uh, any... You know, it's hard for me to gain weight, honestly. So, like, I have to, I have to stuff my face for me, you know? To yeah. really, like, keep on the weight. And you want to be comfortable, at least at, at your point, too... Like calories in, you're always going to feel good, feel strong, whatever. When you want to get too big and then start cutting, it's going to come at a cost. If you get like, there, I get it. Some people want to come in big and then water cut. It's going to impact you. Some people not so bad. Some people can totally shake up your day. You know, like yeah. it. It depends on how your body takes it. So if you're yeah. in the comfort zone, five pounds is good. And look at man, you already unofficially broke a world record. You might as well stay in the pocket and, and stay where you're at. Yeah. Um, if you if you're doing this, um, so in terms of so your your game plan is obviously to win the Raw Nationals and go to the World Championships. Um, do you foresee? Have you talked to Joey in terms of like, is there anything in between? Are you going to make any pit stops at like Arnold Classic and stuff like that, or are you thinking? I think the Arnold's too close to Worlds That's to really. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, because uh, I I would want like my redemption because uh, the last time I did the Arnold was last year and I, I went six for nine. I almost bombed out on spots uh, at that time. Have you ever so bombed? I was like, What's up? Have you ever bombed? No. Me Knock neither. on wood, you know. Twelve, 12 <laughs> years, never bombed, my friend. Yeah. Avoided it. I mean, uh, yeah. I have it. it. It can happen to everybody, obviously. Yeah. But, oh uh, yeah. I mean, look at Ray. I know. know. That's the number one yeah. that comes to my mind. Happens the best of us. Yeah. So. Yeah. You never know what the day brings. So, were you watching the World Championships? Yeah, I was in the gym, but I was watching it as much as I could. Did <laughs> like I was see, training. Yeah. Did you see the ninety threes? Uh, it was late when they started. It was late here. Oh yeah. The so I think I had went to bed. So I, I think I watched the re, the replay on you know online. When you wa- when you see like the replays and seeing the total of one, we're like, damn man, wish I was there. I could have yeah. could have took the world. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, but, you know, David earned that spot last year. Yeah. You know, so that's fair. You know, like. It, you got to earn your spot. I mean, yeah, it's, you got to earn the spot. Yeah, the first things it. first, yeah. But it must have been encouraging to see if that total wins the Worlds and a couple weeks later you hit your total, you'd be like, damn. But you got to be eager to hit that World stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but, you know, again, first things first, I got to win that Nationals. Yeah. You know, so. you With the U.S., you can't yeah. look too far ahead, huh? No, you can't. Yeah, you can't look too far. You, you you don't know what happens on that day. You know, when all is said and done, and you're retired, and you're looking back at your career, how do you want to be remembered in powerlifting? <laughs> I was gonna say a bench guy, but <laughs> a bench guy. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, why not the goat? I don't, you know, oh, why not? Damn. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not race to nine hundred? With yeah. everyone, you know what I mean. The first across the nine hundred. Yeah, I and see, you. and then and then we'll see what happens after that, like yeah. nine ten, nine twenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then when and at that point is is mid to high eight hundreds normal? You know what I mean? You know, in a few in a, how many years? You know? Yeah, and I tell you what, if you want to establish yourself, 
everyone says, like, who did you beat? If it's Verzbecki from Poland, that's a real quick way to streamline yourself and shoot right to the top in terms of your resume. Winning the 93s is amazing. Winning the yeah. 93s and beating a prime-time 93-kilo goat in Verzbecki, that's a big feather in the cap. If you want to go down as the goat, that's a real big jump ahead. <laughs> um, and yeah. I'm assuming you're going to stay 93, and 105 is way too big to jump up. Yeah, like, I, I've thought about it, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, just, like, try 105 just for fun, you know, maybe at a local meet. Yeah. And there's, like, I can't even imagine getting over 230 for me. Dude. Like, you know what I mean? I can't even at imagine. Five, like, six, getting... you, it would be crazy. Yeah. It's just, like, I can't. Like, that's so, I, I would be just so heavy. Yeah. I'm sure my heart, my, like, heart rate would just always be <laughs> going <laughs> crazy, you know? Yeah, for sure. Your joints would not be happy with you. Yeah. Um, do you do coaching yourself? Yeah, I, I coach a few lifters. How would anybody listening get a hold of you if they want to approach you for coaching? Uh, they could just message me on Instagram if they, you know, and I can we can just uh, get started there. You and, know what I mean? And what's your Instagram handle? Uh, my Instagram is league underscore of underscore lifting. So league of lifting. League of and lifting. That, and that, you know what that comes from? That, that comes from uh, League of Legends. I don't know if anyone ever. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm pretty sure everyone else noticed that. What is that for? Do you know it? League of Legends is a video game, is it not? That's the that's the one I played. Yeah. Ah, see, man, that shit goes yeah. over my head. I'm not. That's why, yeah. <laughs> I am out of the loop, but that's why he still carried on the League of Legends kind of ideology yeah. into uh, lifting. Yeah. Ah. That's what because that's when I started. My, I, I remember I was at a mock meet. I'm sorry, like if we were like talking about something, but um, I was at a mock meet in at a local gym here, mm-hmm. and it was for the APF back then. And I had just like started Instagram, and I was like, I was, I remember I was wrapping my knees, and they were like, Hey, why'd you, why'd you, what's, you started Instagram? I was like, Yeah, I was, like, what's your name? I was like, uh, League of Lifting. They're like, Why? I was like, Because I play League. <laughs> you know. That, so, so it's like a tip of the hat to your old. Yeah, it's a tip of the hat to my. To my your old life. Old yeah, it's your my old life. profession. Yeah. yeah. No shit. Well, now everybody knows. We just came full circle, sir. Yeah. Uh, is there any sponsors you want to uh, you want to thank while we have you on? Uh, I want to thank Joey. I mean, that's fine. Joey's my coach, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or like, anybody always, yeah, in always, general. Yeah, Joey, you know, like everyone, you know, everyone who supported me. Uh, SBD for always keeping me, you know, fresh. Because I got Fre- to wear that, that, that red, white, and blue one, that new singlet. Yeah. I was the first one to wear that on the platform. Oh, so I was all I, I was all excited for that. Fun little fact for you. Me. Yeah. And nice. I took the, and I think it was fitting because I took the American records with it on. So I was like, I was like, hey, this kind of worked out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Yeah, and uh, Bear Grip, you know, they they give me a bunch of the, you know, the liquid chalk. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, listen, my man, thanks for coming on, and um, I would love to have you back probably after the Nationals, and we'll talk about the Nationals, uh, do a little recap, and then a, lo- a look ahead. I mean, I'm not... You know, jumping ahead, who knows the shit. But regardless, we're going to have you on. But you're probably yeah. going to be the man to beat. How does that feel to know you're walking in there as the man to beat right now? Is that a different... Is Because having come in fourth, came back, coming fourth, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking about Jonathan Keiko, and there's a bullseye on Jonathan. Is, does it feel <laughs> weird knowing that? Being like, shit, yeah, I'm the guy. Yeah. It, it's, 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 I know that, but it doesn't feel any different. Because, like, I don't... When I go into competitions, I don't really pay attention to everyone. You know what I mean? I'm kind of yeah. just there. At the end of the day, to me, I'm just like going into the gym. You know, so it's like, 
if you approach something it, really crazy. If you approach it like that, it helps. Like it's the week of that can get in your head where you start thinking there's pressures. The day yeah. of the thing is like if you've been in been into it enough times, you know like day of it just feels it's all the same. You're yeah. not thinking about any of that once the lifting starts. It's the, the week, leading up. Yeah. It's the leading. It's the anticipation that's tough. The anticipation yeah. and, and thinking, oh, what if I don't do this or don't do that? But the day of. It's the same as it always is, just like any other gym day. It's a max. You know what? It's actually Joey who told me. Keep in mind, this is just a max test day. That's all it is. So when any competition is, you're just max. Yeah. Just testing out your max lifts, and that's it. Yeah. It is what it is. After that, if you stay yeah. in that mind frame, you're all right, and don't overthink nothing. But yeah. um, listen, man. Good luck with training. Uh, I'm Thank definitely going to be paying attention. Stay in the loop, my mate. We will be reposting, and love to have you back on the other side of this. Thank you for having me, man. No problem, buddy. Have a good one. Now you had it, my man Jonathan Keiko. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, post up in your Instagram mini feeds. I will repost and let everybody know because guys like Jonathan Keiko deserve the shine from Six Pack Lap and my man Yaz. Peace.